this is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm RJ Baylock. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection <laughs> one spine number at a time in order to release when we're not dying. Mm-hmm. This week, we're getting down and dirty with some Eastern Front uh, Russian uh, Civil War action. Oh, okay. As we watch Spine 192 in the Criterion Collection, RJ, Volker Schlondorf's Coup de Grasse from 1976. But first, how's your uh, how's your back holding up there, bud? Holy fuck. I'm a little sore today, dude. Why, why is that, RJ? Well, uh, people might... I mean, I don't know where all our creeps live, our creepers out there. Uh, I know we are a global it, well, internationally, phenom. Yeah. Internationally successful global phenomena. Um, but here in Creepsville, we got hit with, uh, what would you say, about three feet of snow? Yeah, arguably at, at points. Yeah, two to three. Two to three, yeah. definitely. A, uh, a place <laughs> just about an hour and 20 south of us got a full four feet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was in the course of a single day. A single day. So people out there might not, not know, but yesterday was September 29th, and we got uh, just a, at least two feet of snow. At least. Uh, we were hit with a huge snowfall, and then uh, today, almost, I'd say, 90% of the city was shut down. The university was shut down. The college was shut down. All yeah. the schools, all the public transit was shut down. The yep. police station went to emergency services only, but mm-hmm. uh, the local mall was open. <laughs> the mall was open. You could go down there and have yourself some... Uh, Orange Julius? Some, uh, what was it? Golden Walk? I can't remember what it's called. Manchu Walk? Manchu Walk. There you Fucking go. Fucking idiot. Yeah, have, some, have some Orange Julius. <laughs> and some a Manchu K- Walk. Some KFC, some sushi, mm-hmm. some New York fries. Hell yeah, uh, man. But you know what, though? They did shut down. They, they actually With the did. mall? Yeah. What after they made everyone go there, they were like, wow. you know what? This I imagine the I imagine the absentee uh, call was pretty high. Like people are just like not there to open up the businesses, and it's like yeah. this is bullshit. So yeah, they I think they called her around noon. Well, whoever's the manager of that thing is a uh, into Walmart. some stuff. I, I guess I'm sure Walmart's open right now, RJ. Walmart. Walmart. When I was in China, I saw a Walmart. Wow. I don't. I don't know if they were connected. I think they're just capitalizing on the brand. Hmm. I thought it was funny though. I was like, "Hey, Woo Mart, that's cool. It's different from Walmart." So yes, my reference of back pain <laughs> is from uh-huh. uh, shoveling. Just I don't know hundreds of pounds of snow. Okay, so how many times did you shovel yesterday? I shoveled twice yesterday and once today. Yeah. Okay. So I did one big one yesterday, oh. and then I uh, I went out this morning. Holy fuck. And it's like my house isn't even very big. I don't have that big of a walk, man. Yeah. But there was a lot to do. There's a uh, photo my parents sent me of their back deck. It looks like a giant ghost monster is just sleeping. That's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. What? You went low there. I was just speaking about how cool that was. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's good. It's cool. So, yeah, I'm I feel laid up. Uh, like I need another day off, just let my back recover. But maybe it's yeah. all, it's gonna get all jacked. It's all gonna be all muscly. Well, I mean, you can get muscles if you work hard and you put in the work ethic and have a proper diet. I I, I don't do it any of those things. Well, I said to Andrew when I came in, I was like, it wouldn't be so hard if I wasn't so out of shape. And mm-hmm. she's like, well, no shit. And I was like, yeah, but I mean, it needs <laughs> well, to be did, said. Did she slap you in the fat belly then? No, it was more like a look of remorse oh. and regret. Yeah. Um. But 
what was I going to say? Yeah, I was like looking forward to the day off because I was like, oh man, I can catch up on work. I can get so much shit done. And then I shoveled for like two plus hours and I came inside and I was like, I'm dead. Yeah. I'm dead. But it, uh, I mean, if I didn't have the day off, I would be shoveling now still after work and mm-hmm. then and then I would be equally dead. Yeah. I guess. Have you ever been equally dead, Jarrett? Uh, once or twice. Hey, did you notice that uh, uh, my computer's on? I got a power bar. I saw. I saw. You sent me the photo and everything. Yeah. Very a nice, uh, a nice uh, pimply gentleman from uh, Best Buy named Brian uh, helped me out. He uh, hit me up with a universal one that had the correct voltage and uh, watts because my laptop, Jared, is technically a gaming laptop. Ooh. It has uh, heavy processors in there, so... That was the issue. Those uh, old chargers, they they just didn't have, have enough in them, Jared. That's I why see, they were cycling. I see. You, you, you fried it. I, uh, I called the uh, business that uh, I purchased the laptop from. Uh, my four-year warranty expired two months ago, mm-hmm. conveniently. And uh, you know what they wanted for a replacement uh, charging uh, thing? What? $168. Oh. <laughs> I said, I'll call you back. Because they knew, too, because I got it from a place in Calgary. And I was like, well, I don't live there. I was like, can you send it? And they're like, no, but bring your computer when you come, and then you don't have to drive back twice. And I was like, um. What? I was like, no, I'm good. And you bought it from these people. Why? Uh, it was it was actually the cheapest, best deal, and they did ship the laptop to me. I see. And here we are now. Here we are now. They got your money. Yeah. Hey, what's your opinion on pot pies? Pot pies, like, like chicken pot pie, chicken steak pot pie? and mushroom pot I'm pie. I'm fine. I'm I'm fine with all those. Okay, Andrew made this pot pie. We got this pot pie as a gift, like a couple months ago. The steak and mushroom pot pie. A yes, g- you heard a, that correct. A gift. A, from- uh, her dad was on this pot pie kick. Like, <laughs> it was actually it's been in our freezer for like six to seven months. Oh. So, uh, like, he was just on this kick, and that's what we got uh, for. I think Christmas last this, year. Yeah, well, that's, and, so that's ten months. Yeah, so ten months, and uh, it's been sitting there. And Andrew's oh. like, "Today's the day. Today's the day we're gonna do it this because would, it was so is, shitty this outside. Is, this is good pot pie weather. It's pot pie weather, and it's like also just because it's like there's not a lot of leave in the house, like yeah, in theory. Uh, so she cooked it up, and I gotta tell you, I don't think I'm into this pot pie business. Huh. Well, it is also a steak pot pie, and that's like not my ideal choice. You want the steak like... was fine, but like the mushrooms, it, it was it was all mushroom, and I don't I don't like mushrooms on the best of days, Jared. Yeah, well, that's no good. You know what? Uh, there was the one day a few weeks ago over at the store. Dylan uh-huh. went over to Save On, came back with a chicken pot pie. That thing smelled amazing. So maybe maybe you should uh, not call it quits just yet. Maybe uh, treat yourself. What's uh what's in the chicken pot pie? Mashed potatoes, peas and carrots? Mushroom. And a little gravy? Fucking mushroom. Chicken. Mushrooms are gross. And chicken, I would assume, somewhere in there. Oh. Yeah, gravy. Did you know mushrooms are like delicious? Literally poop. What are you doing over there? Nothing. Quit, quit hey, tapping things. Do you want to talk about other stuff? Yeah, did sure. Did we get any Oh yeah, did, did we get any emails? We're Yeah, um, we we, we have, It's rec- not Wednesday. We're recording early. Um mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll see if we release it tonight or uh two <gasps> nights from now. We'll, we'll find mm-hmm. out. But we did get some emails. Some people came through, sure. which is nice. Sure they did. We want to hear about those? No. Oh. 
All right. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess. Whatever. Okay, fine. All yeah. right. First up, we have Oliver Granger. Ooh, baby. He doesn't email in often. No. Uh, he just sends us messages the direct route and uh, doesn't get read. But here we are with horror Ooh. recommendations. Uh-oh. Hi there, creeps. This is the second time I have recommended this film to you. I saw it appear on Metacritic recently, so hopefully that means it's easier to source. My horror recommendation for this month is One Cut of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Well, Jared, can you tell him what I sent you the other day or what I said uh, to you? That this got released on Shudder like mm-hmm. this week, like in the last yep. few days. Uh, and what did I tell you? Uh, that you owned it already and yeah. to leave you alone. Yeah. I, I just, I got, I got this through, uh, amazon.co.uk and they shipped wow. it to me. So I have a region free Blu-ray of this because mm-hmm. I, who knew when this was coming to stream and what, what do you know? I bought it and now I've, everyone can watch it. So yeah, that's the plan. Oliver is to watch it this month. And he also mentions the lift 1983 by the amazingly hmm. named Dick Moss. Uh, is also fantastic, but hesitant to also mention, as I really want you guys to watch One Cut of the Dead. Watch it, and I'd happily watch a recommendation from you. Cheers. Ooh, don't open up that can of worms. <laughs> yeah. Has he seen Butt Crack yet? I don't know. Hmm, let me dip into my uh, my horror films to get a good recommendation yeah, for him. Really stick but, it to him? Really stick it to him. But, uh, yeah, uh, I I wasn't going to watch this this month but now that oliver recommends it i'll surely watch this movie yep it's happening yeah I don't and know when, available but on shutter yep and uh yeah this this lift mm-hmm. uh I, I might have just ordered it on amazon you know you may have i might have just ordered this blu-ray it might be coming hmm. to me this very week what's uh i'll give oliver a break and i'll um you give me the lift and then uh, i'll pick something on my current watch list i could suggest butt crack but let's go to this movie that uh we've all been waiting for for a long time a uh, scream queen hot tub party <laughs> oliver should watch that with me this month mm-hmm. i don't want to be the only guy watching that thing <laughs> are you gonna watch it this month no what about cannibal hookers from donald farmer <sighs> no why not rj you're turning into a weird guy that's, that's what do you mean say. weird guy this is the shtick, Jarrett. Andrea actually made a comment on this. She looked at my Amazon Prime watch list, and she's like, what are you into? And I was like, I do it for the podcast. And she's like, yeah. Do you? Do you? Sure. No, I mean, I, I also, I just think they're fun to watch. Yeah. And, I mean, if if I didn't, then, uh, then what would we even be doing here, Jarrett? I got to watch these things for you, okay? For me. So yeah. I don't have to. Movies I didn't ask you to watch. Yes, exactly. Well, how how are you ever going to know if Screen Queen Hot Tub Party is any good? It's true. Right? It's true. All right. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Oliver. We will mm-hmm. be watching those. At least we'll be both watching one cut. Yeah, I, I, allegedly. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, George Horsheimer, RJ. Oh, our, our Lithuanian, Lithuanian friend. Yes, correct. Yes. There you, there uh, with an email titled, Bullet Dodged. Hello, creeps. Mm-hmm. After missing two weeks, I planned on joining you guys again last week for Jubilee, but things came up and I listened to the episode first. Seems like I might have dodged a bullet there. I just completed a a coup de grace and I quite enjoyed that. I hope it'll lift your spirits again after being so burnt out last week. Looking forward to hearing your opinions. 
So Ooh. somehow the Netherlands were picked up as the first country where Disney Plus launched the other week. Oh. Mm. I jumped in and so far had less streaming problems than when the Criterion Channel launched. That makes sense. But we'll have yeah. to see how that holds up when the rest of the world joins. Uh, yeah, I, I don't question the uh, the power, the juggernaut of, of Disney of Disney? Pulling, pulling this off. They should have some serious coders on that, I imagine. All the codes. All the codes, yeah, baby. Yeah. They have all the Star Wars and Marvel stuff, but don't find that too interesting. The Pixar films and shorts are nice, though. They also have mm-hmm. this nice 90s movie about a nightclub singer using a convent as a safe house that looks entertaining. <laughs> that sounds it all, cool. It also has a sequel by Adele that's just as good. You know what? Uh, you know what? I would be more ex- like that movie sounds cool, but you know what? I am most excited for mm. Did you know uh, all seasons of The Simpsons are going to be on uh, this uh, alleged streaming thing? I've heard. That's pretty hit. Or pretty hit. That's I not mean, a word. That's pretty see, hot. I already have the DVDs, right? I mean, Shh. if I really am wanting to watch them, and I'm sure there'll be one episode that won't be on there either. Which one? Michael Jackson. Did they Michael stop showing that one? Yep. It's out of circulation. Oh, shit. Yep. Well, good thing I know I mean, it from memory. Which is Do you surprising. Want me to re- I mean, Michael Jackson is kid-friendly. <clears throat> what are you streaming? What are your streaming plans with all the new services coming out? Switch services once in a while or just get them all? Or return to lesser legal ways? Anyways, have a good one. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, George Hoschleiner, friend from Lithuania. Uh, I've actually recently been thinking about this. I think I might go into a... S- I kind of want to go into like a circulating thing where I cycle through certain ones, like mm-hmm. one month have Crave for a month or two and then have Prime for a couple months. But I don't know. I, I have a student account of Prime and I don't want to give that up because it's like half price. Mm-hmm. Do you ever Shut, uh, do shutters you ever take only like a dollar two day shipping on Prime? Yeah. Do you, t- do you Free, do I, I buy everything on Amazon. I see. Yeah, so uh, Amazon, I'm not. So it's really just Crave. I might just go on and off getting Crave once in a while. Even what about that Netflix? Netflix is kind of a staple. I don't think I could get rid of it. Andrea uses it a lot. Yeah, I mean, Criterion Channel for obvious reasons. Yeah, uh, Netflix Chanel pays for. Amazon I pay Ooh, for. Lucky you. Uh, and that's that's it. That's all yeah. I'm on. I think there are those three. Well, I keep trying to get Jared to get Shutter. It's not the best thing ever, but it does have like um, it's only like two dollars a month. Well, you claim that. But well, so I, he, I I got a free month for like a uh, trial, and then when they went to renew it, they're like, "Hey, do you want a whole year for uh, twenty bucks?" And I was like, for, "Yes, yes, I do." That's nice enough for you. I mean, why don't you just give me the code, huh? Give me the, give me your password, RJ. Don't I don't know if you can stream on two devices at the same time. I'm, you look I'm, into it, well, and if only, you can, only one way to find out. I I'll give it to you. It oh hey, I watched Creep Show. Oh the oh, I'll tell you about oh, it in the creeps. Oh, all right, cool. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> what? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. No, seriously, this, I feel this, weird today. You feel you're weird today. Talking about the screaming women in hot tubs and laughing and tapping your hand like on your desk all the time. Oh, stop that. I, I don't know what's up, man. It's a snow day. Have you ever seen that movie, Snow Day? I can't say as I have. I've seen many references That's to it. Pretty good. Chevy Chase is in it. Oh. You're a big Chevy Chase guy, aren't you? Fine. In uh, oh. acting and in life opinions? Finally. Oh, yeah. Uh, Justin Peterson. Ooh, he came in under the wire. He did. Hey, Jared and RJ. 
what's happening. Mm-hmm. And happy early Creeptober. <gasps> Your Baby. request for turning in our questions early made me think of being back in school, which I twisted into a movie-related question for you. What are some of your favorite movies that you discovered when a teacher put them on in school? Mm. Uh, well, the recently watched by Justin Peterson, I know because of Letterboxd, uh, The Halloween Tree. That was shown to me in uh, grade two, I believe. Huh. And that's an all-time banger. Yeah. Yes. I uh, Actually, when he saw that, my thing, I watched it, I think, when it first broadcast on CBS. Mm-hmm. I think it was. I could be wrong on that. But I remember being like, I don't know if you have this experience, like things when you watch when you were a kid seem like they mm-hmm. were like two, three hours long, but they're yeah. actually only an hour. But yeah. they, they seem like the biggest sweeping epic you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But Hell yeah, baby. But I think that's just like the sickening amount of commercials they put into your uh, viewing. Oh, yeah. 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 So Halloween Tree is one for me. And then uh, you know what? Another one uh, that you're going to be like, that's not old enough. But I was only in grade three or two is uh, the Prince of Egypt that animated. Right. Those two movies rule, man. I guess, uh, I mean, the first time I ever saw labyrinth was in junior high in English class. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, Polanski's Macbeth. I watched that also in English class. They showed you Macbeth in English. They did. I mean, I guess they, teach you Macbeth in English. I so. was in the I was in the honors class. So they were all oh, right so they're all right showing those, I got hundred percent on my all my all right grades show, in high school. I guess I guess honors kids are okay with a little bit of titties. We, old oh, witch old, old old witch titties. What school did you go to? Hell CI. Ooh I'm surprised uh, they have a uh, pretty strong um religious contingent in that school. I'm surprised that uh, they were cool with so, that. Stronger than the one that you went to, which is well, they're different. They're different. School. Well, yeah, the Catholic school, but everything's allowed in Catholicism. I'm talking about hard Mormonism in your school. Whoa, yeah, that's right. Uh, yes, so that's what I'm saying. I'm surprised. Yeah. So this coming to mind. Um, I had a coach for a geometry teacher in high school, and a couple nice. of the upperclassmen had become big Monty Python fans. Mm. So mm-hmm. by the end of the year, they had finally had him talked into letting us watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which was a blast to watch uh, for the first time. It was such a diverse group of students who either thought it was hilarious, really mm-hmm. dumb, or somewhere in between. Hey, uh, I can't. Do you have any other ones you want to talk about? Nope. Hey, I have a story for you. Uh-oh. So uh, there was this one time, Jared. When I was in like grade eight or nine at a junior high, and uh, we were supposed to have like our outside end of the year like track and field day, but it rained so much we couldn't go outside. So all the teachers had to scramble to like get activities for us in the school. So you would like go around to events, like you'd go to the gym for like an hour and play some games, and then you go to a classroom for an hour and play board games, and then you go to another classroom and watch like a movie. Yep. Uh, there was uh, one of the ones. Um, for the flip side of this were things that were shown to us that are just like horrible now. So as you know, I'm a big Seinfeld, uh, Seinfeld fan, Jared. And I was, especially the music, especially the music. And, uh, I was actually like, I had watched all the Seinfelds before then, before like grade eight or nine already. And I watched them frequently, but you know what? A bunch of like 13, 14 year old kids don't want to do when they're supposed to be outside playing games watching season one of Seinfeld. So, but that was the best idea they had. So they just played it and they played the Chinese, uh, restaurant, Chinese food restaurant episode oh. twice in a row. Oh. And I was like, 
I, just in my mind, I was like, I am the guy who would get the most out of this. And even I am like put off a lot <laughs> by what's going on here. So uh, I can't watch that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I really dislike that episode because they that's like the one on syndication they played way too many times. Mm-hmm. And in real life, it was syndicated to me. So, mm-hmm. well, there you go. Hey, Justin Peterson sent in a quote okay. under the wire again. Past okay. creep. This one's a, from a real creep movie, Jarrett. Okay. You think you got it? Nope. Quote, quote, you claim that I am sent by the devil. It's not true. To make me suffer, the devil has sent you, and you, and you, and you. End quote. Think about all those religious films we just talked about. Like Last Temptation? <laughs> uh, I mean, it was probably like a one out of three. Joan of Passion of Joan of Arc is mm. pseudo religious. Yeah, well, that that's what it was, Jarrett. Yeah, it's religious, and it depends on which way you look at it. Like when I watched that movie, I was siding with the priest. Sure, you know, <laughs> heathens. Burn the witch. Burn the witch. The goat yeah. movie question of the week. Oh, there he is. What are your greatest of all time sports movies? As a '90s kid, mm. I was a big fan of those '90s family sports movies, like The Sandlot. Little Giants, and Mighty Ducks 2, most of all. I am not a fan of NASCAR boxing, but there are some great movies featuring these sports, like Days of Thunder, and one of my biggest guilty pleasure movies, Rocky IV. Uh, I mean, I'm on board with all of those picks, actually. Like Little Giants and The Sandlot. I think I talk about The Sandlot a lot. I've always really liked The Sandlot. I'm a big fan of heavyweights. That's a sports movie. There's a track and field event at the end. Uh, what about uh, what about Jarrett from one of our favorite female directors, Penny Marshall, mm-hmm. A League of Their Own? Mm-hmm. I actually really, really like that movie. Okay. It's awesome. And um, cool runnings filmed in Creepsville. I'm going to assume that this is just fictional films, as that's all that's been mentioned. Oh. But how about uh, Slapshot? Slapshots. Sure. You got that wonderful song that gets played over and over and over again. There's a okay. pseudo film noir that's a boxing movie called Body and Soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's quite good. And uh, of course, uh, I can't, this is like an insult, I think, to mm-hmm. me and to all of us that in this 90s sports movie list, but this, I guess, was family. Where, mm-hmm. Where's the love for Kingpin? Arguably the greatest sports film of all. Some people would say Bull Durham is the greatest sports film of of all. It's not. What about, okay, well, I'm I'm with you on Kingpin. That's a good call. But we're forgetting a movie that is one of your all-time favorites. Not Space Jam. I know that's what you were thinking. But Mm. what about Radio, Jarrett? Where does Radio rank on your list? Or Hardball, Summer Catch. Major League. Remembering the Titans. Ooh, are you a major league guy? What's that movie where the little kid f- falls Mr. and then gets Mr. Mr. Baseball? No, the one where he ha- like he joins the team as the pitcher because he falls and dislocates his arm and then he can throw a hundred mile fastball. Or oh, Bad News Bears. No, it's got Daniel Stern in it. Ooh, what is that? I got one for you. Big folks. league, little got, big league. Is got, that what it is? I got one here for you. The Blood of Heroes from 1989, starring Rutger Hauer, Canadian icon. Who? Rutger Hauer. Oh, yeah. Hey, I, I don't know if I ever said, but I was talking to someone about him, about how he died, and they're like, yeah, he was Canadian. I was like, yeah, that's what I thought, too. <laughs> and then you, did you correct them? No. Wow. You, wow. <laughs> yeah, I corrected them, Jarrett. Wow. 
I don't, I don't, I don't even believe you. And you know what's also is pretty great? What? Darren Aronofsky's The Wrestler. Rookie of the Year was the movie I was. Uh, it was di- even directed by Daniel Stern, Jarrett. Do you remember <laughs> Rookie of the Year? Uh, vaguely. Oh, you know what's another good uh, sports movie with Daniel Stern is Celtic Pride. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, what, yeah that's the, a good show. I guess like Karate Kid, I mean, should fall yeah. into this realm. Which, I, you know what? I've never seen Karate Kid. Uh, I mean, I could take it or leave it. Who gives a shit? <laughs> wax on, wax off. Who gives a fuck? How about Bloodsport, though? Bloodsport's pretty good. What about Three Ninjas? Are, uh, is Ninja Sports? Because Three no, Ninjas is not, an all-time that, banger. That, that is not a sports movie, RJ. Are you saying that there isn't raw athleticism? Well, then uh, Jim Cotta is going to be in there, too. I mean, if you say so. Uh, I'm not. That's exactly what I'm saying. Oh. Well, I mean, agree to disagree, I guess. What are you going to do? Next next question from Justin. What do do you think about movies being released straight to Netflix or VOD, like Martin Scorsese's latest The Irishman or Roma from Mm. last year? Well, I guess The Irishman is getting a small theatrical release. Mm. That's the that's the key there, right? That's what puts him in those Oscar contention. Do you feel robbed of having that movie theater experience, or do you like the convenience of watching them from home? While watching a movie with a crowd can be a great experience, I personally love it when movies I want to see become instantly streamable since I have a home theater. Plus, then I would not have to worry about getting someone to watch my kids. What, you're not bringing your kids to, to the Irishman? What? <laughs> Uh, bring it, like you should learn from the people of Creepsville. You just bring your kids to whatever, just, whatever you're going to see. Is it, doesn't is matter. It, is it Rambo? Did you, did you just go on, go on down. Is it Rambo Last Blood? Is it Hereditary? Is it, what was the movie? We, uh, Pet Cemetery. Us? Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Bring your five-year-olds. Bring, who bring who them, cares? Yeah. God. Be a dad. Who, who be a, a, be a dad. Be a creep dad. Uh, I mean, I don't care. I I see I see merit to both. Uh, yeah, I mean, if Tough. a movie I really want to see plays and it works on my schedule, awesome. Like I, that's mm-hmm. really that's really cool. Uh, there's a lot of risks though. There's a lot of it's risks. True. There's there's always these X factors of breathers and people eating carrots behind you, putting their <laughs> bare feet behind your face. Uh, violent, violent alcohol, <laughs> violent, violent alcohol, violent alcohol fueled. Bur- bouts mm-hmm. you never know you just never know so i mean there's like but i don't know when you do see a movie that like really should be seen on the big screen and you see it that way it's fantastic but yeah i mean i agree with you there's very little like i mean for us i think we're kind of uh geographically isolated with like maybe people yeah. of horrible taste in movies so the good things don't come near, near us anyway so we don't have much of a choice so we'll take it however yep. we can that's true i mean uh yeah, there's not a lot that we get over here, you know. That's all I'm adding. Finally, Ugh. while most of Martin Scorsese's movies are fantastic, it's, I don't know, see, it's, it's about 50-50, uh, there Ooh, are a Martin? few that I yeah. did not think that were that great, like Future Creep, The Age of Innocence, Mean Streets, and Cape Fear, which was just okay. So what are your least favorite films from, from Marty? Who, me? Us both of us um okay uh, his documentaries i have no interest in at all that, yeah i yeah i don't care about the rolling stones and i don't care about bob dylan so neither of those uh just pulled up that like new york new york i don't want to see ever in my life so and i'm, I'm still doing what, good on that front what Here. about hugo jared hugo hmm, i liked it okay in theater 
I've seen yeah. all I've seen all his movies lately in theater. Mm-hmm. Um, but not I, the Irishman though. Well, I can't apparently. Maybe mm-hmm. let's take a look here. Uh, Boxcar Bertha, nope. And mm-hmm. I mean, I watched that. Who's that knocking at uh, my door? That wasn't yeah. very good. Mean Streets, I have to revisit. Uh, Alice doesn't live here anymore. It's great. Uh, you you apparently watched Taxi Driver recently, RJ. So we'll talk about that later. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let's see here. After Hours is good. Color of Money is an unnecessary sequel to The Hustler, but fine. Mm-hmm. Last Temptation, we all know, is great. His short story, New York Stories, is good. Goodfellas is Goodfellas. Cape mm. Fear, Age of Innocence. Cape Fear, it's funny. <laughs> like, yeah. But it's uh-huh. nothing great. Funny. Age of Innocence, I never finished. So, and mm-hmm. so I'm really stoked about watching that one day. Casino is incredible. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Kundun, Kundun's okay. Mm-hmm. Bringing out the dead's good. Gang of Gangs of New York's good. Mm-hmm. Aviators way better than people give it credit for. The Departed is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shutter Island's okay. Mm-hmm. Hugo's okay. Wolf of Wall Street's good. Silence, I agree with you si- for the most part. Si- Silence is, I think, very good. I would never rewatch Wolf of Wall Street or Aviator. I would be curious to see if Aviator is as good as the first time I watched that. Because I it was one of those movies where I was like watching it and being like, oh, how long is left in this movie? I'm like, holy shit. I've been mm-hmm. watching this for two hours. So that was like my yeah. – that's a good memory. And I don't know if that will hold up on a rewatch. Yeah. Wolf yeah, of Wall Street one was enough for a, me for both of those. Wolf of Wall Street's got kind of a douchey uh, fan yeah. base, I think, which kind yes. of always ruins movies, sadly. But, I mean, I'd, I'd have to watch it again. And one day I will, but mm-hmm. I don't know. He's got so many movies. And I guess I'd say it's like 50-50 with him. He's, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So For the most part. So yeah, his documentaries are my least favorite of his. I don't want to watch them. Yeah, me neither. I have no interest in those at all. We watched that one for the podcast, and that was it, right? Didn't we? Didn't well, we watch we, Rolling well, Stone? We, yeah. To go along with Gimme Shelter, which had nothing to yeah. do with him. Yeah. No, I know, but you know what I mean. I know. Thanks for the time, Creeps, and have a great show. Thank you, Justin. Oh, thanks, Justin. Hey, RJ. What? Well, I don't know what you're doing over there, but... Uh, I'm well, not doing well, anything. What? You're doing some stuff. What you been creeping this week? I was blowing my nose. Is that okay with you, your highness? Blowing my nose? Uh, I watched some movies, Jarrett. I watched a bunch of short films from Alan Resnick. Do you remember him? Who made two terrific shorts? This house has people in it and unedited footage of a bear. Do you remember those? Yeah, I remember those. Some people would say this is underground Ari Aster. Who would say that? I don't know. Hmm. I watched his shorts. Uh, May I please enter the sculptor's playground and visitor information. Two of those don't mean anything. Visitor's information was okay. It's just about a guy who lives in a parking garage and he's giving a tour to a camera crew. That one's okay. So, uh, you want to you want to talk about Scorsese movies? Yeah, sure. So I watched Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy in a double bill uh, over two days. Um, getting ready for that Joker movie. Oh. Mm-hmm. As it is seemingly a mash of these two movies, right? Seemingly. That's what it looks like, right? Yeah. 
kind of. Did you know Joe Spinell was in Taxi Driver? I don't remember that. Yeah, he popped up and I said, holy shit, it's Joe Spinell. And that's uh, my take on uh, Taxi Driver. Wow. Uh, no, so I actually, I, it's been uh, many years since I've seen Taxi Driver. Uh, I don't know, probably like 10, but I like it, man. It's a good show. Whoa. Con- controversial bold, take. Bold statements. Controversial take. Um, no, it's good, man. Uh, what is there to say about Taxi Driver? I don't know. I feel like Travis Bickle most days, I think. Is it bad if you relate to him or is that the point? Because he's talking about like flushing the city in the toilet and getting rid of like all the waste and all the detritus. Well, I mean, after last week's diatribe you went on uh, about punks and punk culture, I, I, I understand, <laughs> RJ. Well, 70s New York is uh, rife with these things. These they, Yes, things these... that RJ doesn't like. Yeah, I a uh, friend of the show Oliver Granger commented that I was a boomer because of my uh, take on the uh, the punk scene. And you know what? Whatever, I stand by it. Um, yeah, I, I sympathize with Travis Bick- with Travis Bickle a little bit. He's just like he's trying to do the right thing, and he like takes Sybil Shepherd out on a date. But he, you know, he doesn't realize that maybe she's not into porno. Well, yeah, and I don't, is, I don't think it's his this fault. This is actually a bit of an overlap between. Because I mean, all these weird movies you're going to be watching this month. I mean, maybe you'll have Andrea down there and be like, "Hey, you want to watch uh, this this uh, Fred Allen Ray movie?" Uh, I did try to get her to watch Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers with me last year, and uh, she checked out at, immediately at the title. Yeah, which was for the best. Um, I like Harvey Keitel's Coke Nail in Taxi Driver. Sport. I think that's really sport. Uh, I think that's awesome. Uh, I don't know, Jared. The late for the sky scene is uh, up there with the best of the best. Would you agree? Late for the sky. Do you remember that? Where when he's listening to Jackson Brown, just watching TV. Uh, I don't recall that description. <laughs> it seems like it Wait, happens in the movie, but it's they like play the whole song. He's just sitting there listening to music. Okay, it's very it's, good. It's been uh, at least ten years since I've seen it too. So yeah, yeah, it's been a while. A while. It's it's good. It's got a nice little build up. You kind of feel for him, even though he's a weirdo. The only thing that I would say is like uh, um, off for me is the the intrusive jazz that's present in scenes of this movie. Because I like the jazz element, but it comes in. And I don't know if this was just my TV. It is so fucking loud. The jazz. I had to turn it down. You're talking about the the Bernard Herrmann music? Yeah, maybe. It just sounds like jazz to me. There's scenes where he's driving around and the music kicking and it'll be like, but it, it gets like real loud. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about, Jared? Yeah, that could be your TV's got really bad speakers. Maybe. Oh. I don't know. It's possible. And you, you know what? There's because you were watching this on Blu-ray, I'm assuming. Yep. You have audio options. Sometimes it uh, works to go down to like a 2.0 when you don't have a surround sound system, so you get proper Ooh. audio balance. Where was that advice two days ago, Jared? Well, you know. <laughs> Piece of shit. You never asked. Well, I didn't know. I don't know. I uh, I don't really have anything to say about Taxi Driver. It's very good. Whew. Well, <laughs> Hot pe- take. Pe- people get what they pay for. That's all yep. I got to say. This is a free podcast. I got nothing to say. Hey, unless I have to talk about a movie, I won't do it. 
Do you want me to talk about the King of Comedy? I can't wait. Uh, yeah, it's good. Whoa. <laughs> uh, I actually, I like this a lot more on rewatch than I did when I originally watched it. I remember when I watched it for the first time, like, uh, let's see here. In two, uh, 2016, so three years ago, uh, I remember I was like, yeah, it's good. I don't know if it's great, uh, but I actually liked it quite a bit. You know, old Rupert Pupkin. Mm-hmm. We were digging into the uh, the uh, crazy facts of King of Comedy, looking into uh, all these things that were going on <laughs> behind the scenes with old Jerry Lewis. You know, it's really bizarre. And Andrew was like, can you look up what this is? And I tried. And I was like, I, I don't know what to tell you. When uh, Robert De Niro goes out on a date with uh, his real life wife, Diane Abbott at the time. Mm-hmm. They're at that like restaurant and he's showing her his autograph book and there's a guy behind him like mimicking his movements and like ba- like basically like making fun of him. He's doing all the same gestures and stuff. And Andrew's like, what is that guy doing? I was like, I don't know. I was like, I've never noticed that before. Do you know? I, I don't recall. It's, it's bizarre. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, Jared. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? So did Andrea watch both these with you? She did. And uh, she actually liked them both. I wasn't sure how it was going to go. That's good. Um, yeah, she she liked Taxi Driver. She was she was dialed in. And uh, she liked she liked King of Comedy. She actually thought it was pretty funny. She really liked uh, Sandra Bernard Masha. Mm. She thought she was goofy, Jarrett. Uh, how did you feel about Sandra Bernard, RJ? Um, it's not my favorite character. I, 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 would, I would kind of was thinking about that when I saw you log this movie, and I was like, mm-hmm. I bet you RJ really, really likes her. I mean, not not her personally, but the character that she yeah. plays for this movie. Well, they're kind of is they're not. More, they're kind of there's an overlap between her like stand up character yeah. and that character. Yeah, there. I, I realize that, but um, yeah, I'm not into that. You know who? You know who I am into is Kim Chan. Uh, the Jerry Lewis's butler. Mm-hmm. That guy is awesome. He's hilarious in this, Jared. He's hilarious. You you might remember him as Uncle Benny from Lethal Weapon 4. Do you remember <laughs> that, Jared? I sure don't. Well, you look up Kim Chan, and uh, you just realize that that dude is the real deal. I don't know what to say about uh, King of Comedy either. It's... It's good. Do you think to make it like if you and me wanted to make it as podcasters, would we have to like kidnap Mark Marin? Oh, yeah, Mark Marin just for just for a while and get on his show. Do you think it would work? No. Why not? Cause, cause, <laughs> What's your opinion of King of Comedy? Oh, I I love it, man. Why? Why? Yeah. Well, again, it's been a long, long time since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I I just like the because he is a lot of ways the ultimate sad bastard. He's he's they, kind of these the, are both sad bastard well, movies. The, but he's like I don't know. He's way more like relatably pathetic because he's more mm-hmm. of a creative type rather than like a man who wants to be like a hero and do something. Yeah. Whereas like this is purely selfishness. Where he's like I want people to appreciate who I am. Like I I get yep. I understand that urge more than like being like famous or like mm-hmm. but he also is like he wants to do something good and he doesn't know how to do that because he's mm-hmm. all messed up in the head came comedy is the same kind of thing but it's like the self-delusion about his goodness and like how, yeah. how talented he is and i think that's a far more relatable thing like every day 
I'm on my Facebook feed sometimes, RJ, and I see things mm-hmm. that that make me make me shudder. At, uh, well, see, I think that's why I relate more to Travis Bickle than Rupert Pump- Pupkin. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like, because you know, in Taxi Driver, he's a. Uh, it's the same kind of things. Like he he wants to do something big and good, and he just doesn't know how, and he uh, does it in the way that feels right to him. I have similar feelings sometimes. Oh man, are you gonna be driving a van through a theater this weekend, RJ? Whoa, you better uh, you better watch it. We'll get flagged. We'll get taken down. <laughs> Bagul will come in here. Bagul, he's but, listening. No, I, he's he's like he's, he's always hearing. listening. Uh, I agree with you, though. When I was watching these, I was like, these must be big Jarrett films yeah. because they remind him of everything. Of everything all around us. Of all of the pretty people. Yeah. 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 I'm, I feel bad for Rupert Pupkin, but I, I also like, it's like you said, he's he's the right kind of pathetic because mm-hmm. you're like, I sympathize for him. I, I saw a Scorsese thinks that this movie is embarrassing. Not that it's a bad movie, but maybe it's saying too much. About him, hmm. what did he do, Jarrett? Well, I know how did he break into the I, I think he, I, the movie was not a success, and I do believe this was like him coming off of like the success of Raging Bull. So this one, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I have to rewatch it. I don't know if I'm going to get to watch it before that uh, Joker Joker movie. Joker Joker. Well, no. are we going to go to the Joker? Uh, or you, do you we'll want see. to avoid an incel? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, see, that's the other thing. Like watching these movies now too, it's 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 so ridiculous to hear. It, well, it's just not the right time for this stuff. Well, there's more than that than these movies. I they, I, yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, we're gonna find out. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's all I watched, Jer. Cool. But they were good. They were good shows, and I didn't I didn't say shows. anything about them. But uh, I think it's a pretty good show. Nice. I watched a whole bunch of rewatches of Tell me about horror. Is that like a, that sounds like the horror book from uh The Page Master? Horror. That's a good show. Are you going to watch Page Master this week? No. I did watch RJ what? kicking things off. The Hills Have Eyes, directed by Wes Craven. What a piece of are, shit movie. Are, are you familiar with this movie? Yeah, that movie sucks. That movie's not good. People have bad taste. Tell me, tell me, tell me, I'm wrong. You are wrong. Okay, it's oh, not a great, on. but it's not a great movie at all. Yeah, it, it's um, watching it on Blu-ray. This is yeah. like one of those cases where I'm like, I think the Blu-ray hurts the watchability of it because it really illustrates how cheaply made the movie is. Like, it really feels like 16 millimeter independent sort of like American film independent horror filmmakers making a movie. Like, it's sloppy left and right i was surprised um just like maybe because i've watched so many other movies since hills of eyes and going back to it, you're like wow this really is a lot more raw than uh i remember like in my raw mind in what sense just like in filmmaking it's just j- janky edits and like scenes just like the audio mastering the picture mm-hmm. quality isn't that good that i think that's because of the limitation of the film stock uh yeah it's it's really feels like a ramshackle uh production which i think pretty junky which 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 adds i think to the feel of the movie where it doesn't feel like other things Mm -hmm. but i mean i'd have to watch last house on the left again which i do have that arrow blu-ray of that and that's not like that's not a fun movie to watch hills have eyes at least is kind of like got 
cannibal mutants in it. So that's that's a bit more fun than just like huh, rapists. Um, these are just like cannibal mutants that also have rape and eating babies on their mind. So that part's from that, the family Duncan. Yeah, the the, the Duncan clan. The Duncan clan. So yeah, yeah watching this again. Uh, I was, you know, I remembered pretty well all the plot beats of it. It takes a real long time to get going. There's mm-hmm. a whole lot of setup, but when they get to the stuff in the trailer, that stuff's pretty good. It's it's pretty tense. Mm-hmm. Um, I went back and read your review, of course. Uh, of course. And you're, you're ranting and ramblings about <laughs> dog violence, and it's ridiculous. It's like... You're, no, I think I'm pretty you're, fair. You're full of shit. It's it's. I think it's, I'm pretty fair. No, it's it's like so over the top because it's like yeah. Well, the one maybe dog, like the, the movie, Jared. Yeah, I feel like you you had maybe watched it in a weird place because I I feel like we've definitely watched things that like you were probably more okay with and this. It's kind of mm-hmm. like oh that's it because then you get it's all sets up the adventures of dog getting revenge and like how isn't that awesome? <laughs> yeah. So I looking back, I I will agree with you. There are. Many, many worse movies yes. than uh, the Hill ha- Hills Have Eyes. It's not even that. It's mostly that. Um, fuck them. Yeah, you you got your soapbox out. Yep, yep you, it's one star high, and you just mm-hmm. had to get it out. I get it. Yeah, no, this yep. movie's. Um, <sighs> I don't know. It's not, it's, it's, it's not it's, a good movie, though, right? It's you can say that at least. Mm, I wouldn't say it's not, but that that sounds like it's a bad movie. It's okay. It's an okay movie that I think. I, actually, you know what? I would be more on the line of saying, like, I think Wes Craven is just like kind of a shitty director who happened to make like two hugely successful movies. Like Toby Hooper. Uh, not even. No. Mm, they're on the same level. I mean, you compare them to like John Carpenter or George Romero, they are quite like Wes Craven. Like I, I went through, I, I tagged his stuff, all the movies I've seen of his and mm-hmm. fuck, I am not a Wes Craven fan. Like <laughs> Most of his movies are terrible. It's like Toby Hooper for me though. I think Toby Hooper sucks. See, Texas like, Chainsaw, dude, I mean, dude, Texas Chainsaw is a masterpiece. Exclude and, that. And then what else? The Mangler? Like that's it. <laughs> well, for us, we're the only people in the world who love Mangler or at least yeah. I love Mangler. And like I don't get anything out of eating alive. That, that's like a that's a strange movie. That movie's very Hills Have Eyes ish in some yeah. ways, but like at least well, it's, it's okay. a bit more. But it's a, that's a strange one, and I could see someone not like being into that. But yeah, he's he directed a whole bunch of nothing though too. And, Spontaneous and, combustion is good because of Brad Dourif. Life yes. Force is okay because it's, it's really it's crazy. Got, it's got it's wacky. He didn't direct Poltergeist, and Texas Chainsaw Two is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. So there you go. See, that's another one that you. That was another problem. Like <laughs> RJ has problems using sound options on his Blu-ray. Hey, I remember someone emailed in once. Remember, they said that they also had an issue with how loud Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. Two was. It's not just me. We need maybe we need uh, someone. We need we need Justin. Justin, you you got to check out. Use that seven point one surround sound system. Pop in Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. Get the family together. He he get, wouldn't get, live. He wouldn't live through that. It would blow his fucking head off. I'd have to look it's at some. It's so reviews. loud. So anyway, um, Hills have eyes. It's yeah, interesting, but yeah, it isn't like this incredible movie or by any means i i don't think i don't really see it pop up on a lot of like lists nowadays there's a but it definitely is a for an example of like exploitation cinema though 
it it feels more like an exploitation movie than a lot of movies that get thrown into that camp where they're like sometimes they're like these movies actually feel really polished and well made this movie does not have that it feels yeah off uh and then i watched for the very first time the hills have eyes too is that the remake from like 2005 no this is the like 1984 sequel that Wes craven mm-hmm. made and basically disowned um this good piece, this is a piece of shit rj like, oh a real at, piece of shit this movie i so i didn't buy the arrow blu-ray of this which is mm-hmm. a good thing i bought like a there was like a version of it that like kino was selling for like seven dollars on blu-ray this is a mm-hmm. terrible restoration some like other company put it out and i just had it and i knew it was bad like everyone i follow like you're looking at like half star to two stars on this bad boy and yeah. it's uh fair it's very fair to call it that that's earned Yes. So this movie, there's like a probably about, this is kind of actually reminds me of uh, Truffaut in a sense, because mm. this movie's got a whole bunch of flashbacks uh, thrown in there, including the dog, uh, Beast. He he has flashbacks. Mm. Uh, what do you mean? So, oh, is that, oh, see, see, that just validates what I said earlier, that it's this like bullshit thing about the dog getting set up for... Uh, this revenge plan. But Beast has memories of like, we get, we get to go inside his mind as he remembers the, that happened in the first movie. So were you into that or were you? Oh, no, this movie's like, that's, that's not even why this movie's bad. So okay. uh, with the original Hills Have Ice, you've got like the whole family and there's like five of them and they're taking out this family. In Hills Have Ice 2, you have a bunch of like douchebag teenagers who are going out uh, to the desert. and they're, But they're like going to go like motocross, like biking uh, mm-hmm. and they're they're being stalked by two mutants um with uh, michael berryman uh pluto the the freaky looking one with the big head the, he, the guy he's, from the evil within yes so he's okay. back he, he somehow survived he's back again and he's wearing like like a bunch of full body armor now because he's probably his body's in worse shape mm-hmm. and now there's like a, like the brother of jupiter and he's just like hilarious. Like he's this like chubby bearded fat guy who's supposed to be menacing. And, yeah. And now you're watching instead of like five, a variety of mutants. Now you're watching two taking on more people and they're just dispatching people. And you're like, where's the tension in this? Um, it just, it feels like it's like kind of do like a best of <sighs> this movie is absolutely shit. I mean, how you really feel Jared? Shit. It's completely not worth watching. Don't do it. It, mm. it deserves to just, be ignored but it, for whatever reason arrow got the rights to this thing and put it out in a new restored version and i've seen some weird justifications mm. like well you know it's not great but maybe it's worth uh checking out and get coming to your, your own opinion i'm like oh thank you company selling me things um people always say bullshit like that for every do. release they every really release do. it's like you should be grateful that we even have this movie it's like yeah. what? why if it's not good well who gives a shit no don't just like give it acclaim because out of nostalgia well i don't think there's no nostalgia for this movie well i mean like nostalgia for wes craven oh well he he was such a he's such a like a pillar of the community he was like okay whatever who cares okay you know what i mean jerry who cares I've so got, are you I've gonna got, watch I've got the eight remake more movies to talk about. holy fuck all right well <laughs> now, hit them so uh i got i rewatched some code red dvds i watched uh-huh. night of the demon which is about uh a raping bigfoot uh, this movie oh, got cool. this movie got kind of internet famous several years ago because it, mm-hmm. there's a scene where a biker gets off his bike to go take a piss, and while oh, he's taking right. a piss, out from the bushes comes a hand and tears his dick off. That's was that, that part cool? Uh, no, it's 
I've seen it so many times. Like people always share it and think it's rad. This movie's a real trial. It's I guess better than the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. But because I've like built up more of a uh, a tolerance and a taste, I guess for low rent horror. Mm-hmm. This one's still like pretty boring. The end of this movie though is like pretty amazing. It's this whole like. Bigfoot in slow motion slaughter of everybody you've seen in the movie. He's just fucking people up, killing them with pitchforks, mm. ripping off limbs, and it's all in slow motion. The entire conclusion. That part's really rad, but boy, it takes a long, long time to get there. There's a backstory of him. Oh, he gets he's getting worshipped by some townsfolk, because that's what happens in these types of movies. Hmm? Uh, yeah, you'd be fine never watching this movie, probably, mm. unless you're really into some squatching. So, Jackson, uh, I, know I, you're, I know you're out there. Is Jackson a squatchman? He, he might be. He's in the right be- part of the world. <laughs> Pacific Northwest? Yeah. Oh, okay. I have another Is hit that- there, buddy. I have a cough? <laughs> I watched Madman, RJ. Uh, what about Madman? Madman Mars. Bruno Mars? Uh, oh, uh, that, yeah, that Joe Bob movie. Yeah, Joe Bob covered, yes. Oh, Joe Bob. So I, this, this was a rewatch for me because this was another movie yeah. that I tried watching like seven years ago. Sure. And I was just not into it. It just did not have the sophistication of a, of a slasher that I wanted. And I was like, fuck this. And then put it out of my mind. But I've seen a lot of people like be warm to this and like kind of be into it. So I was like, mm-hmm. well, I'll watch it now. It seems like this is the window of time. I'm rewatching stuff from sure. like all, like all this stuff I watched seven years ago when I was really kind of watch, digging deep into this horror crap. And how did and it go? It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Like this is a, this is a real two and a half star <laughs> type of movie though. Yeah. It is. A whole lot of setup. You get the kills intermittent thrown in there, but mm-hmm. already like a couple of days later, I'm forgetting it once again. It's got a, I don't know. It's got it's got the song about Madman Mars that gets sung. There's a couple. There's a song. There's a song. Yep. That's pretty cool. And there's one scene in this that's like pretty well done, and it all kind of starts when this one woman is fleeing for her life, and then she hides in the fridge. And then mm. he passes, and then she comes out of it. That's the only time where you're like, ooh, this is well done. This is like some good uh, stock and slash setup. But, um, yeah. Stock and slash, you say? Stock and slash. I don't really remember anything about it. I thought the kills were cool. Yeah, there's like the decapitation using the car hood. Mm-hmm. That um, one's cool. Not too bad. It feels mm-hmm. it feels very much like uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween with the kids at the end, and she's like mm-hmm. the last one, and then she just starts running around, gets everybody on the bus, and then she hangs yeah. around back to fight him. But I guess it's got the dark, dark twist though of like she gets killed, she gets meat hooked, uh, out, something right out of a Texas Chainsaw, but she gets that final kill swipe with the knife, and everyone dies or everyone's bodies are burnt in the fire, and it's like, did it really happen? And then there's like this sort of... Yeah. Well, did it? Uh, well, I guess there's a movie documenting it. Hey, uh, at the end of Taxi Driver, did it really happen? Is that is that a common uh, film? Or Well, it theory? happened, but is it inside his comatose brain? Is he still alive? Ooh. And he's like... Because he's driving at the end, and there's like the mm-hmm. weird glimmer. The blip? Yeah. yeah. Mm. What about... Uh, yeah, okay. So what did you watch after Batman? I watched... Don't go in the woods. 
where should you go then instead? Uh, stay home, like today. Oh, just don't go? Yeah. Don't go in I the woods. Uh-huh. This this bad boy. Whew. I've watched a few of this uh, fellow's director's films. Uh, James Bryan. He's directed such things as Lady uh, Street Fighter. Uh, how is that? He, a, he is a uh, yeah. uh, he is a maestro of cinema. This is probably his masterpiece. Cool, cool. His cool. movie is an hour and a half, and it takes forever somehow. Lots kind of like st- us. Lots of starts and stops. Uh, mm-hmm. The 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 slasher man in this is another like chubby bearded man wearing like like kind of caveman regalia. Are you talking about a pod or about a movie or about this podcast? I'm talking about you, RJ. Seems like it. Yeah, he just like with relish kills people, killing moms, leaving their babies just to hang around with their bouncers, and then they get Ooh. out. And then at least the, he doesn't kill the babies. Twist of the movie is maybe this baby will be left in the woods and survive somehow on its own, and then turn into mm-hmm. the next maniac. There Does you it go. Happen? I, we don't get that far. I mean, that's how the movie ends. That's the that's the cliffhanger. Mm. But you're like, what? Isn't that baby, that baby just going to die? It's in the it's in the mountains. You ever heard of those feral kids? I have raised by wolves. Yeah. Do you think you don't think that something like that well, could have happened? There's no wolves demonstrated in this film, so it's tough. It's hard to say though. Maybe this kid's made of tough stuff though. Got some real grit. Uh. Um. I I'm hard pressed to argue with you on that. It's true. This movie huge. Is another one that seem, people seem to have a soft spot for in the like letterbox horror community. I don't, I don't see it. Um, mm. There's a big fat sheriff, like straight out of Last House on the Left. He's bumbling, incompetent. Mm-hmm. Um, people get killed left and right, which is, I guess, cool. It, it's very. It reminds me so much of Night of the Demon, though. These are like the the true low res. Uh, forest-based horror movies, which should be great, should be awesome, but mm-hmm. but you gotta you have to watch them though, and that's the that's the trick. So, which ones have you watched that are, are good, J Dog? Well, we'll get there because I saw some Argento. Okay. I saw some Argentos. Hmm. Yeah, uh, the forest. That's that was like there's this two disc or a two movie on a disc thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't go in the woods is in the forest I'd never seen this one this movie's terrible <laughs> like, I don't even understand what was going on I think I was like punching out board game components while this was on and every once in a while I'd look up and go wait what there's a ghost kids <laughs> what, what is this thing about it's painful not not a good time not good not good at all um, well. I watched let's see I did watch Deep Red and I haven't seen that forever and ever. And I came to yeah. I, I came to a conclusion here. Okay, uh-huh. RJ. Yeah. I, I think there is a connection in some ways in how people Between. really enjoy Argento and Ari Aster, and how like uh. how they resp- like they seem to be really okay with how goofy and mm-hmm. like off the tone is of Ari Aster movies. But it's all here in Argento too. Yeah. Like our deeper deep red has just full on comedy stuff. Which I I don't remember at all. Um, every time mm-hmm. I, I've seen this movie a few times, and I really always have a hard time remembering specifics. I still have no idea what the actual story of Deep Red is. Is um, there a story? Well, there's so there's the pianist who's who happens to be in Italy. It's the part of the the mm-hmm. trilogy of these giallo things where there's some sort of like professional 
and he sees a murder and then he gets embroiled in the crime and he's he becomes involved and in wanting to solve it this has all those things deep red though is so well made though like just like the camera stuff it's awesome like there's like so many good shots mm. the opening of this movie actually reminds me of life aquatic of all things which i was not expecting life aquatic he yeah says. yeah hmm. it's, it's it's really weird okay but yeah, yeah that is weird yeah because there's like, all, like the, this like big italian like set dressing with these curtains that pull aside magically and there's like kind of a conference going on and I'm like mm-hmm. oh this is just like how the opening of life aquatic is too i wonder if uh how much of a fan wes anderson is of dario argento of all people probably a little a little bit maybe it just doesn't get talked about yep. um but yeah this movie is it, Deep Red any good? I don't remember if I liked you, it or You not. gave it three stars, and you were pretty cool uh, on it. And I think at the time, I was like, yeah, I think this movie is pretty overrated. Uh, mm-hmm. It continues to be extremely highly rated by people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this movie is two hours and ten minutes, which is Oof. nuts. It's, it's crazy how long. There's a lot of starts and stops to this, too. Uh, I'm yeah. not sure if that's because of the particular cut of it that I was watching that it's got a lot of footage in it. Yeah. There's times where it feels like the movie's like backtracking on itself. Um, there's times I'm like, I feel like I'm watching this other Giallo called Torso because they're so similar mm. to me. Like they, they have like the same type of caretakers and kids in them. They yeah. just, they just blur. I'm like, what, wait, have I seen this before? Like, I know I have, but this reminds me of another movie that, that I've now <laughs> seen. And it's like the same little girl from like Night Child and a bunch of like, mm-hmm. these other Fulci. She's always like the red haired little precious girl in these, like in this window of time. It's weird, but yeah, this movie like it does like, like Argento movies. They usually kind of don't Sounds make like sense. Three stars. Um, the filmmaking so nice, like it's so well done though. Like you watch this and be like, wow, look at the camera movements. And like, there's not very many horror movies, thrillers that you watch where you're like that impressed with camera work. And what watching about butt this, crack? yeah. Well, I haven't seen butt crack yet. Oh well, the camera work is exquisite, mm. Jared. Once yeah. you when you get to, up to the big leagues, yeah, you can actually yeah. compare film in a. In a way that doesn't make you sound like an ass. I see, I see. Tell me more about uh, the, the filmmaking of Deep Red. The Deep Having Red Having derailed filmmaking. you completely. I don't know. You don't care. Uh, I watched May, RJ. <laughs> that movie sucks. What uh, do you think? It doesn't suck, but it's not good, it, it hasn't aged well. Um, mm-hmm. I Definitely, the thing that like really stood out me watching this too is the... Uh, the, 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 the pet, the pet hospital jokes. Yeah. It's super lame. Like I remember it's, when it's not, I, they're not even funny jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I don't remember this movie well, but I just remember that when I watched it, I was like, in what world is this like this cult classic film that people, cause I don't even know if it is, but it seems to be regarded in that sense. People seem to love this movie. They and do. it was like, Why? It's not good. Well, it has women in it, so we know you don't like it. <coughs> well, I thought you published that list. One, I've been keeping track of that. Of what? You're the women, the movies that RJ hates because he hates women. I, I forgot to. I always forget really? to publish that list. Yeah, it's a good list. Really? Yeah. And it's, uh, it's what, all, what else is like, unsaid? It's all, list. A, it's all a coincidence, uh, I believe. Mm. Is my note. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. No. May though. Uh, the music. It's got yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Billy Chemworth from Six Feet Under in it. Jeremy Sisto? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's fine in this. Yeah, this movie's not nothing too special. Uh, May, I don't know. I get why people are big fans of May. 
Mm -hmm. Because it's like the strong female character, even though she's like kind of more of a Travis Bickle, sad bastard type of character. Mm. But I don't know. The the making of the story, I don't know. That the, the employee at the pet hospital the lesbian woman i don't know if you remember that shit i did anna ferris yes anna mm-hmm. ferris and she's like the like i don't know if you call her a predator because she's just like uh. she's just always like yeah i just love banging this girl oh yeah i couldn't turn down this opportunity <laughs> that stuff is like what is this lucky mckee and the stuff with jeremy sister's character where he's an aspiring filmmaker he uh there's like one good joke where it's like Regia do, do Adam, whatever his character's name is. Cause of course the guy would like that would have his Italian uh, name tag mm-hmm. in the thing. So yeah, I don't know, but it's not very great. Uh, I would, I mean, it's been forever. I watched it once and I remember liking it a lot. And this was like 2002 when I would have bought it on DVD, but mm-hmm. yeah, watching it, 16, 17 years later, uh, not much. I wouldn't probably want to watch this one ever again. Mm-mm. I'm kind of uh, not looking forward to rewatching Ginger Snaps. Uh, yeah, I, I think I had similar problems with Ginger yes, Snaps you too. Did. Yeah. Do you think the, uh, and not because they're women, but uh, do you think <laughs> the Anna Ferris thing is a, a comment on toxic masculinity, Jarrett? The way she presents herself? Or is that just people who. O- overly share what they're uh, they're into. I don't know. I don't think it's anything. I think it was just more. Like, yeah, maybe it was like, hey, what a change of pace. Instead of like this being a guy character that just mm-hmm. like wants to take advantage of this girl, it's another woman. <laughs> See, I think that's that's the problem I have though because it's like I think those movies that flip it where it's like it's not a guy doing it, it's a girl. It's like I feel say if you did it like with race or something. It seem it comes off more offensive than anything else where you flip it for the sake. I don't know. I just remembered May had all that animal hospital stuff and I was like, uh, this is well lame. And it, and it doesn't go anywhere. Like it's like there's like yeah. the joke about like my my dog's leg. He lost his leg, he had four legs, and now he's got three. And mm-hmm. it's like a joke. And you're like, what's the f- funny here like what's like i don't i have no idea where it's going with it i'm like at least mm-hmm. i mean come on i mean if you're gonna make an animal cruelty joke you better make it land and this is just like oh that's it huh i think it's like they half go for it and even so it's like that kind of humor that's that dead baby humor i've never found that <laughs> stuff funny like I don't, I don't get it i know dead i know you baby jokes I've, yeah like i don't know it's isn't it though like I don't know animal, what it is. Like, animal humor, it's kind of like dead beat. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I mean, if I found it mm-hmm. funny, I would be saying, oh, it kind of works. You're just being s- sensitive, RJ. But it's like, yeah. no, these aren't even jokes. They're just kind of like, oh, let's make a fake dead dog leg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, hmm, that's funny. And then, like, uh-huh. she accidentally kills her cat. And it's like, oh. And then it doesn't really, like, dwell on it too much. But, I mean, there's, like, and the cat's in the freezer. And it's like, oh, yeah, all these little details, all these things that are red flags for you, I would imagine. But, like, besides those things, like, I mean, there's just, like, there's nothing too incredible. There's, like, these nice little moments and scenes, I think, in the movie. But it's just, there's not enough to, like, make it like this movie that gets talked about the way it still does. I Mm -hmm. don't know. But I imagine a lot of 
people who like to be Sally from Nightmare uh, Nightmare Before Christmas yeah. probably love this movie. So it's a similar aesthetic. Yeah, pretty, the, 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 pretty patch, well. the patchwork stuff and like girl makes her own clothes and kind of awkward. She's just looking for her own Jack. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I think I think we can agree that this movie is uh, tremendously over. Yes. Tremendously overrated. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh-huh. I would agree with that. I wouldn't call it a terrible movie. I've seen those, but yeah. it's uh, flawed. Yeah, yeah. I think it stinks, but you know, whatever. But you know what movie is awesome? What's that? Phenomena. Phenomena is awesome. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen this thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I I love so much of this, and it's a weird mess too. Like there's stuff in this that like doesn't quite make any sense why it's in the story. Mm-hmm. I watched the 116 minute, like kind of combination cut of the footage that was left out from the 110 one, and so like mm-hmm. there's hilarious stuff where like Jennifer Connelly's character is talking in Italian back and forth and talking American for no particular reason other than that's what the footage was shot in, and they couldn't re-record that dialogue for this release. Mm-hmm. But oh man, I, I I get the feeling this movie is really popular in Japan for obvious reasons like because it feels exactly like a japanese kind of ghost story would be uh the character mm. feels like kind of like a miyazaki kind of protagonist mm-hmm. and like she's like communes with nature she's got a good relationship with animals and insects and she's fine like her it's kind of like there's this throwaway information that her dad's this like incredibly famous actor that like <laughs> other young women want to have sex with like mm-hmm. and they're like oh you know him have you slept with him it's like oh it's my dad <laughs> don't worry about it <laughs> go back to eating my baby food uh <laughs> it's it's that type of movie mm-hmm. and but fuck when this movie's like when argento's going on all cylinders and like he's just like making scenes like the best parts of deep red it's like yeah. oh it's so great. The music, uh, mm-hmm. we get like we get like some really inspired uh, Goblin, but we also get like some the metal music, which I feel Iron like Maiden? well Iron Maiden. Uh, who else? I think oh, who else is in there? Motorhead. We got some Motorhead. Yeah. There's another. There's mm-hmm. another act in there too. That's really good. But yeah, like it works so well, and it shouldn't. It seems kind of start and stop, and you're like, oh, that's kind of weird, but all the scenes keep building and building and then you get to the climax which is like i don't know when she falls into that maggot pit that is still like so fucking awesome and gross <laughs> that seems super gross uh i i like the build up i think it's right before when uh, iron maiden kicks in with flash of the blade when she's tied to the chair reaching for the phone i think that's some pretty uh high quality stuff there oh, and that scene where she's like reaching for the phone that like it's very similar to the Suspiria scene where like the girl's trying to climb in through the window, then she falls mm-hmm. into the room full of barbed wire. Mm-hmm. Like I was thinking about that the whole time, but it's like, so yeah, he's, he's got a thing about like windows and high places and people kind of sneaking around. But yeah, then, yeah. When, then when the phone goes down this hole, that's just like in the ground. And then she goes down that hole. That stuff's so good. And then when she gets to it, the hands that come out of the side of the tunnel like it's like what the fuck and then they pull her in and she's like i'm a cop i'm don't worry about it oh and then i fall into the mega pit and then the the mom comes back and then it keeps building to her son and like just like mm-hmm. her constantly running through tunnels and going out to the boat and then little little boy comes out with the like harpoon <laughs> uh we get fire and then we get the incredible everything with the chimpanzee what a what a sweet oh, boy it's pretty terrific 
I think uh, this is the first Argento I watched, actually. This one really? or Suspiria. Yeah, I can't remember I would which assume order. Sus- you would have seen Suspiria beforehand because you watched Maybe. Suspiria before we were doing stuff. You borrowed my uh, Phenomena. Okay, so it would have been Suspiria and then Phenomena. And, uh, and that actually sounds... I mean, the first... I think probably a lot of people's first Argento is going to be Suspiria Suspiria. because that's like, that's on like all the top 50 ones. Yeah. And then you kind of go from there. I mean, I think I probably watched his, I would have seen probably Deep Red actually. Yeah. Because that movie gets brought up quite a bit. And and then eventually, and then eventually stumbled across Phenomena because my friend Amanda, she actually had Creeper on VHS, which is the American cut, which is only an hour and Mm. a half, which Mm -hmm. I never watched. And then um, Corey and I watched Phenomena and we were like, oh my God, this is fucking awesome because it had sweet chimpanzee action. It is pretty sweet action. Like I'm not always on board with the animal stuff, but uh, in this one, it's kind of it's them striking back. So I'm, I'm pretty into that. Uh, I tried to look up the soundtrack, but I got the soundtrack for the 1996 movie phenomenon with John Travolta. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of Eric Clapton oh. and Peter Gabriel, oh. uh, some Marvin Gaye. <laughs> Sounds and the pretty Iguanas. easy to me. Pretty easy. Well, there's a Van Morrison song. That's pretty neat, right? Is it neat? Is that the right word for it? Uh, well, he wrote the song, but he doesn't sing it. That's kind of neat, right? Pretty neat. Pretty neat. Yeah, Phenomenon's aw- or Phenomena is awesome. Phenomena. The movie rules. It's hard to say, though. Phenomenon. Mm. Yeah. So what other Argentos did you watch? That's it. I watched those two. Uh, okay. I th- I'm trying to... I, I, anyway, that, that's all I watched. I'm, I will probably watch Mother of Tears finally this month. Mm. But I did watch, uh, just before starting this podcast, 2,000 Maniacs by Herschel Gordon-Lewis, mm. which uh, I, kind of fitting in with Hills Have Eyes, a total exploitation wonder mint. It is have – have you watched 2,000 Maniacs yet? Uh, I don't know if I've – seen any Herschel Gordon Lewis in general to be honest so this is, I, think, I haven't seen a single one I think you'd enjoy this one I think it's his best yeah. everything else of his is like very cheap this one though uh, it is about a couple of Yankees who get lured in by some plain old southern folk to celebrate their centennial in 1965 mm-hmm. of the Civil War and uh, murder and mayhem ensue as the 2000 Maniacs refers to the inhabitants of the town. This sounds like a Rob Zombie movie. Well, it, the title is very like House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. Maniacs, Thousand. Yeah, it's all there. And there is a, the there is a remake uh, sequel called 2001 Maniacs with Robert Englund, mm-hmm. which I think you can just go the rest of your life not watching. That sounds like a uh, Rob Zombie oh, movie. It, you got to look up the DVD. It looks like shit. Who did uh, a bucket of blood? That's Corman. Uh, Corman yeah. Okay. You, I, I I've been getting them confused lately. Yeah. I, I mean, I have the giant uh, Arrow Herschel Gordon mm-hmm. Lewis munch like box set, and I've only seen two movies out of it. So the plan is to watch some more of those this month. Here's yeah. open. I think yeah. I have one in my what color me blood red. That sounds familiar. Yes, and uh, that's part of the the package of things that you're going to have to wait for me to watch those movies first uh, before they get passed along to you. And plus, that one doesn't really come in its own case because it's like a yeah. sl- it's a big box pain in the butt. 
I see uh, there's this movie called The Wizard of Gore, and yes. I believe that there's a remake of that movie yes. with Crispin Glover. Yes. Are you going to watch those two? No. <laughs> I thought you liked Crispin Glover. I do, in, uh, in theory, but I don't know about some, some, some of these things. I, I still have to watch Willard. Oh, you've never seen that? Nope. Uh, I think I've seen bits of it. I wouldn't watch that today. That's, uh, it's not checking a lot of my boxes no. anymore. No, probably not. That's okay. Yeah, that's what I watched a whole shit ton. Hey, got any got yeah. any news you want to talk about? Ah, uh, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think things happen in the world anymore. Corey just texted me, messaging me something about Kino having its own video on demand service. Sorry, who? Kino? Kino Lorber. They're the like the other criterion, basically. They're the ones uh they're getting the license rights to like all the stuff that Studio Canal used to do. Um you've probably have some kinos maybe on that in that pile of stuff that you still have of mine oh you um, mean this pile yeah that i'm looking at right now yeah this you, big pile you, right you, beside you, me you, you might have a kino lorber spine in there somewhere uh dream a little dream is that a kino warmer they have a they have a lot okay a lot. uh i mean of, i probably do yeah they put out like silent films but yeah apparently mm-hmm. they're getting to that streaming game now too Ooh, that's seen well it Remember, Charles Band has a streaming service. He sure does. You just have to give him his credit card. Who's mm-hmm. like, you know, he's got to be one of the last people on earth that I would give my credit card to. Who, Charles Band? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't give mine to you. But like Charles Band, well. So you can make another Ginger Dead Man movie? Another uh, Evil Bong? Yeah, I was going to say the Evil Bong movies are where it's really at. Yeah. Killjoy. Yeah. Maybe maybe he'll work on that next puppet master for you. Uh, I mean I've seen them all. It'll just be him in the bathtub, live Doing streaming, what? skyping with you, and they'll release that and charge you your credit card. Um, if I got a cut from like whatever profits were made, I would probably do it. You just have to have an upfront payment, and then and then all of the uh, the rewards come to you afterwards, Jared. I see. That's how that stuff works, right? I see. One easy investment up front, just so we know that you're involved, invested, and then it'll come back to you. Outstanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, think, that's it. Yeah. We got yeah. to talk about. Okay. After the break, RJ and I are going to get a couple of beards. A what? Beards. Well, we each kind of have a beard already. Yep. I mean, I have more of a mustache now, but yeah, well, you we'll know, get the other kind of beard, like a downstairs beard, <laughs> a merkin. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what they're called, merkins. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go find ourselves some merkins in Latvia. You've come to know Make up your soul And spec the spectacle The divine show No one understands But pretends to know Inside your little palm Singing psalms Peering through the space That's between your arms My story lacks in the facts I don't know what I'm on So come on Coup de gras. 
Volker Schlöndorfs Film Der Fangschuss beginnt dort, wo sein erster Film Der junge Törles endet und wo die Motive für einen Film wie Katharina Blum zu suchen sind. Im Zusammenbruch alter Ordnung und bei dem Versuch, dieses Ende mit Gewalt zu verzögern. Schauplatz ist das Baltikum kurz nach dem ersten Weltkrieg. General Brosserow ist mit seinen Leuten bei Gut Adamshof eingeschlossen. Die Lage sieht beschissen aus. Außerdem haben sich Soldatenräte gebildet. Wo kommen Sie her? Sind Sie Deutsche? Ja. Es sind noch mehr Deutsche hier. Der Fangschuss ist die Momentaufnahme eines Bürgerkrieges, der von seinen Urhebern wie ein Herrenreitertreffen geführt wurde. Es sind nicht Krieg und Revolution, die das Land ruinieren, sondern sein Retter. Stell dir einfach vor, es seien Gäste eines Jagdfestes, das bis Kriegsende dauert. Ich muss es Ihnen sagen, ich habe mich in Sie verliebt. Der Fangschuss, das ist die Geschichte einer jungen baltischen Adligen, die sich zwischen Fronten und Frontkämpfern vom gnädigen Fräulein zur engagierten Frau entwickelt. Ich werde in den nächsten Tagen sterben, Sophie. Und sich über verlogene Ehr- und Moralbegriffe hinwegsetzt. Glaubst du er hat, der Vater hat mit dem Rasputin Nein, was Nein, der Vater von dem, von dem Dings da, von dem Volkmar hat mit dem Rasputin was gehabt. So. Der war wohl schwul. Ich liebe es. Der Fangschuss beschreibt den Anfang vom Ende einer Zeit, in der man sich wegen der Ehre einer Frau duellierte. Den Gegner jedoch per Fangschuss exekutierte. Den Krieg braucht ihr doch nur, falsch. um euch auszuleben. Nach dem Welterfolg, die verlorene Ehre der Katharina Blum, entstand dieser Film in deutsch-französischer Gemeinschaftsproduktion. Ein neuer Kinohöhepunkt, schreibt die internationale Presse. Ein leidenschaftliches und überzeugendes Werk. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Coup de Grasse from mm. 1976, directed by Volker Schlondorf. What a name. <laughs> the synopsis, is he Lithuanian? The synopsis oh. from Letterboxd. Uh-huh. A countess loves her brother's Prussian officer friend in the 1919 Baltic area. Mm. So that pretty well sums up the, like, how many people have seen this movie? how much attention or love this movie mm-hmm. seems to get because uh, I had really never heard of this movie. It gets mm-hmm. talked about nowhere, anywhere. It's part of the Criterion Collection. Um, I mean, I had also really not known of director Volker Schlondorf until this year when we watched uh, the very good Lost Honor of Katharina Blum, mm-hmm. which she uh, co-directed with uh, this one of these film's stars, actually. Which star? Uh, Mar- Marguerite von Toth. 
the the, what, the, oh, they lead, the co-directed lead. that they yes that's his uh collaborator and she, uh, well, she, cool. she she also wrote this film too uh with two Ooh, with two shit. yeah with some women folk which has got to be a, kind of a first in the creeps uh where we have like two women writing a screenplay for this because for the most mm-hmm. part uh it's a real sausage fest the criterion collection mm. apart from like maybe agnes varda Yes, who's heavily that'd, featured, that'd but yeah. yeah, we're still a long ways until uh, we get to Fat Girl. But and mm. yeah, like in general, it's uh, they're pretty underrepresented in the collection. But mm. here we are with the Schlondorf all by himself directing this directing this movie. That uh, starting it off, I did not know it was going to be black and white. I should have uh, looked okay. at the DVD cover, and I'd be like, oh, is that just a stylistic choice? It's like, nope. This movie, like, usually Criterion doesn't just, like, <clears throat> choose black and white images for movies that are mm-hmm. black and white. But, yeah, I went into this completely blind, and then I saw 1919 pop up on the screen, and I was like, oh, is this World War One stuff? Cool. But no, RJ, this isn't mm-hmm. World War One. It's the Russian Civil War. Everyone's mm-hmm. other favorite uh, 1919 war going on at a time mm-hmm. well yeah because isn't 1919 was like when it uh isn't that when world war one ended yeah it's when it wrapped it, it wrapped yeah. up so uh, in this we're like at the end of 1919 and things were still kind of uh trucking along because the mm-hmm. russian civil war started in 1918 that's when russia stepped back out mm-hmm. of uh world war one it's one of those i remember learning a lot about in social studies and I mm-hmm. just have not retained a lot. And there's not a ton of movies about it that uh, get circulated in my watching. So I have to watch the movies instead of reading a book to learn all about it again. But mm-hmm. that all being said. So this movie starts off with uh, two men running across landscapes with this really unique score uh, mm-hmm. that I, I was like, kind of like, oh, this is pretty good. This is this is this is a really neat sound, and they arrive at a chateau uh, run by uh, Countess Sophie, and mm-hmm. all this information starts to come out that her brother, as a soldier, Conrad uh, von Ravel, is that right? Yes, that's, uh, that is one hundred percent correct. Conrad D. Ravel, von von Ravel, they're all Vons uh, in this part of the world. Some of them, yeah, I don't know. The letterbox is a little wonky. Some of them are Vaughn's and some of them are D's. Okay, that's fine. Well, I, I don't know what that means. So they roll up and uh, it's just like, this is already starting to recall uh, other black and white Russian tasting movies. This is mm-hmm. this is a West German production and it's mm-hmm. kind of the, the Eastern Front from the German side who are, I guess, probably trying to keep a lid on this bullshit Bolshevikism that's mm-hmm. spreading wild. It's going like wildfire. Everyone's like, what's all, what's this Lenin all about? <laughs> what's this communism? I like it. Mm-hmm. So um, these, these people though, they're not having any of it, but you know what? The villagers, the poor people, they're kind of, they're digging it. And uh, we find out kind of an offhand conversations, not like heavy handed uh, dialogues that Sophie is sympathetic. And is in fact also kind of along with this, but mm-hmm. They have to host. Otherwise, you know, you just get shot in the back of the head. But she's also got eyes 
for the uh, the captain of this group, uh, Eric von Lomond, uh, a very tall, striking blonde man, very uh, aristocratic, very Prussian soldierish, and uh, she, she she likes this guy, and she mm-hmm. she's like, oh, you're friends with my brother, and he's kind of like, yeah, yeah, I'm interested in you, but huh, my relationships they don't last very long. And then we hear all these stories of like, oh yeah, I I heard that all the girls are really into you. And he's like, ha ha, sure, sure. Um, and then just like, there's just little bits of the story just kind of get given to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the conflict gets closer and closer. Um, we're introduced to this lovely dog named Texas. You're like, oh, uh-huh. te- Texas. What, what a good name for a dog. That's a very, like, you would think like a good European name. Cause like people probably think Texas, that sounds so magical and, uh, mm-hmm. seems like a good boy. <laughs> and so Things just kind of stroll along. The movie doesn't like have this like super like specific plot that it's going for. It's just like a series of scenes. You get introduced to the aunt of uh, Sophie and like kind of the other soldiers. They're all kind of listless and bored, but at the same time, they're all like you know they, they hear the artillery fire coming closer and closer, and there's the the injuries, and it's like not even necessarily like the injuries from combat, but it's the typhus, mm-hmm. it's the disease that's coming. So we get these scenes with the doctor, who's every doctor you've ever seen in every movie, who's like kind of callous and seen it all, and just drinks too much to quell the uh, the, the misery all around him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know we get this like people are being going off to. Regal or something like that, Riga, for some meeting uh, to figure out the plan, what's going to happen next. Because as we all know, uh, this, I guess, is uh, Latvia. Latvia is going to, is having its own problems. You, you do a little bit of Wikipedia reading on your uh, Russian Civil War, um, and you, you find out that there's like all these little states that start breaking up, and they have their own civil wars internally. And that's sort of like, mm-hmm. like a little bit here. But... Um, yeah, so what ends up happening is her brother, Conrad, we have this sweet little moment with like, oh, hey, everything's great. They're, they're, he's kind of down and she's down. Let's all hang out and be pals together since uh, this this Eric guy, he's not giving me any attention. And then Conrad's dead. He's <laughs> he's, he's killed off scene, off camera, mm-hmm. found by the pond, and you're just like, oh, damn. Uh, people are being executed. It's Things get drearier. Sophie mm-hmm. just like starts retaliating against the lack of attention that she thinks Eric owes her. And she starts banging the other soldiers and um, make it like kind of drowning her sorrows because uh, <laughs> soon enough we got a dead dog, RJ. We got, we got, yeah. we get, we had poor Texas. He's just, mm-hmm. be, he's just being a dog digging up a truffle, but it turned out mm-hmm. to be a grenade. It's very sad. And she's sad. Mm-hmm. And um, so she, and she, she's a mess. Which, like, you would be. You would be a sad mm-hmm. person after this happened to you. Mm-hmm. And so you find out. So one thing gets slipped out from another soldier about about Eric, that Eric is a man who prefers the company of men. Eric mm-hmm. is a gay man. And in 1919, you know, there's certain pockets of urban centers where this was a thing that you could do. But when you're a soldier in the army, it's frowned <clears throat> upon. It's not good for morale. And so you got to put up that uh, stiff upper lip and uh, play it by, play it straight. <laughs> and so th- this burns Sophie because she's just annoyed that this is like, he's been playing her and not just telling her this, which I guess like, is it any of her business? I don't know. It's, it's up to for debate. I guess if she keeps pushing on it, he wouldn't say, considering the context of things at the moment. 
mm-hmm. would she care? Um, there, it's it's complicated, RJ. In what way? Well, I don't know. Is, how do you cut it? How do you feel about this uh, relationship? Or do you want to save it when you talk about this movie? Oh, uh, I can I can save it. Okay. So that I don't know how I feel about it about this element because it's it's downplayed like it's not like a driving force of the movie it's not mm-hmm. like eric's not being vilified here it's kind of presented as just what it is it's kind of like oh, a, okay yeah i see okay i see what you mean yeah so um but he's also like he also is very annoyed at sophie's behavior because so mm-hmm. she just starts making out with other soldiers there's another guy that's like uh fetching I guess to her, and she's like mm-hmm. really, uh, really gives him some tongue under the mistletoe uh, at Christmas, and Eric's pissed off and just like breaks this up, slaps her across the face. There might have been, a, there could have been a duel, mm-hmm. but it doesn't play out. And you're like, well, what's his motivation for that? Is it because she's carrying on and uh, I guess uh, quote on debasing herself, and from his mm-hmm. stature as a Prussian soldier. This is like more embarrassing to her that like a countess would be carrying on like this, but mm-hmm. he himself—I don't know—it's that's that's where it's complicated, I guess. Because I don't think there's a judgment there, but yeah, but he is because but she's also like making her way into Bolshevikism, like she's like kind of like wants to actually that's her like real ambitions, I guess, is to live mm-hmm. that way. And he so, doesn't know that yet, though, and he right? doesn't know that either. He's, yeah, so yeah, they're both they both have their secrets, and mm-hmm. so. Yeah, and the the movie just kind of goes from there where eventually she takes off. She's like, she's had enough of this Eric shit and uh, what he's doing and bombings. And <laughs> she takes off to town and vanishes and joins the the revolution. Mm. And, and, then, and then things kind of march toward the uh, surprisingly grim, uh, cold, dark conclusion. Gras. The coup de grace. Mm-hmm. And uh, this amazing one-shot take involving trains <laughs> and a train station, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I I I think this movie's uh, quite good. It, it felt like a pick-me-up of late because mm-hmm. uh, again, like going into it, didn't really know too much about it, and watching it, it's like a very solid drama. Um, yeah, I, I would say that at the end of the day, I, I don't think I'd ever watch this movie, but I am. I think it's very good, and I'm just surprised that no one ever talks about it. I don't know how that how. I think I've talked. Actually, I have talked about this before. Dramas like this, mm-hmm. th- they get dropped out of the conversation over time, particularly West German ones. By mm-hmm. like kind of like, and I I think people would probably maybe not argue that Volker Schlondorf is like on the lesser end of the German new wave spectrum. People just don't talk about his stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Cause he's like, but his stuff's very competent. Um, like lost, lost honor, Katharina Bloom. Like I think it's like a really good drama, but this one is like also very good, but just not as like, doesn't have that, uh, that wow factor. Just like mm-hmm. Starbucks looks for an employees. It, it just doesn't Ugh. have, it doesn't have that element to it, but uh, it's really well made. Uh, I enjoyed it. it. It kept my attention. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think it's a, the type of movie that I think it should be, it's I'm glad that it is housed somewhere in a collection yep. on DVD. Uh, even I'm assuming this is still in print. It might not be. It's on the Criterion channel though. So that's a mm-hmm. moot point. RJ, what Yo. did you think of this coup de grace? The coup de grace? Uh, well, I went into this pretty cold and I realized you said last week that it was the director of uh, Lost Honor, Katarina Bloom, but I forgot. And then I turned it on. And I was watching it, and I was like, "Oh yeah!" I was like, "I was like, I wonder what, 
what else this guy has done? And then I, I saw it and I made the connection myself, having not been told. Uh, because, you know, learning is stronger when you make those connections yourself, Jared. Of course. And I was like, whoa, no way. Um, because I uh, enjoyed this quite a bit. Uh, and it's kind of like what you were saying. Um, I don't know if it's coming in cold from one of one of the bottom yeah. five that we've ever watched. Yes. And it, it made this like feel that much better. But I think I think it is actually and, really and, good. And Lost Honor of Catherine Bloom was also kind of like that too. Like we were yeah. we were on a real string of like indifference and like mm-hmm. meh, okay. And then that came along and I was like, oh, this jumped out a lot. And this kind of felt the same way to me. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And um I think like so when I was watching this, I think the first thirty minutes or so are really good. Uh, like I was watching, I was like, holy fuck, this is really good. Them riding uh, in into the horse, into the house yeah. and they're stable, the horses. And it's just kind of, it's just moving. Yeah. And it just moves and you get introduced to people and then it just kind of, it just clicks along where you, none of it is like it's exposition, but it doesn't ever come off. Like this is where the story is going and this is what's happened. You just kind of like watch what's going on. But I think you, you also get this really cool mix where, um, I thought the people in this movie seemed re- like very real, uh, like the weird old aunt or whatever yeah. she is that they just like wheel around everywhere. Uh, when she gets introduced and like her, the way she's acting, it doesn't really seem like she's acting. She just seems genuinely excited to see that guy. <laughs> to be part of the movie. <laughs> just to be a part of things and like to be be there. So I thought her character was awesome because I was like, she seems like a real person and that's nice. Uh but yeah, that first half hour, you you get introduced to all these things, and uh, you have the war going on, and just very subtly, like the way it pops its head up, at, like the first couple times. Uh, I think it's really nice though when they have their like little ball or dance party, whatever, and then uh, there's just like a, a mortar mortar that goes off, and it just blows in through the window. I was like, that's nice, that's cool, and then because they're like right on the line there, I guess between. Uh, like their military and rebels. So I like that. But yeah, I think the first like 30 minutes of this are really, really good. And then I think it kind of dips a little bit in the middle where it loses, it loses its steam a little bit and none of it is bad. It's all entertaining. And uh, you can like, I, I watched through it all where I was like, I'm, I'm invested in this, but I do, I did, it did lose like a little bit of its sparkle, I guess in the, that little point in the middle. And then, yeah, the ending comes in and then I think it kicks it up a lot where kind of like you said, it's unexpectedly cold, but it does fit with the story. So to address, so yeah, like I, I really liked it. I thought the, the first half of it was wicked. Uh, and then, and then you get into some other stuff. So the stuff you were talking about earlier, I, it is a little bit, um, kind of like how you were saying, how you don't know what to feel about that. It is, it throws you off a little bit because, uh, I didn't like see his reveal really coming until they start talking about like, uh, other guys. And I was like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, I guess that's, I was like, all right, they're going to go that. But like the whole time leading up, I just, it just seemed like he wasn't into her. So it kind of like makes his behavior. It's, it's, 
kind of makes sense of his behavior where he's not into her, but like he maybe kind of is. So then he gets jealous of her and you're like, okay. But then when you realize that's not the case, it's kind of like what you were saying. Like, is it just that he doesn't like her being so outward? And like after I was like, I think that's what they're going for, I I guess. I I think that's more about the class though. Like I I think that's why like yeah. I, I didn't think about it till we were talking about it, but talking out loud, I'm like, no, his, his stature is like he feels like she's be debasing the family name because he because mm-hmm. he probably whatever his relationship uh, uh, beyond sexually or whatever uh, romantically was with her brother. I mm-hmm. feel like maybe like her she's doing a disservice to the family by behaving this way, right. but but she's only dealing with limited information, mm-hmm. and he has is withholding. But she's also withholding information in her own way, which doesn't directly impact him. So yeah, there's again, mm-hmm. it's it's the the drama, the dramaturgy. Mm. It's a nice word you got there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Get, yeah. When it gets into like I don't know, but I assume like a movie like A Single Man gets into or uh, Far from Heaven. I've only I've never seen A Single Man. I don't think I've neither. It's what I imagine but, it kind of goes into though. Yeah. We're like, your mileage may vary on this type of story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like that, that was like, it's obviously, I think what this movie is about is the relationship yes. between these people, but it on like, I don't know. I didn't really check into it that much. I was just kind of along for the ride where it's these people just kind of living and reacting with each other. Well, yeah. And then I, I think because of the black and white and because of the, it's a war movie, but it's black and mm-hmm. white. I was thinking of like the cranes are flying, um, battle yeah. of a soldier. And, but I also was thinking of cross of iron, the, uh, Sam Peckinpah movie. Oh yeah. Cause it's also, yep. uh, Eastern front and it's also the German side, but it's mm-hmm. world war two there. And here it's uh the Russian civil war. But, but very kind of similar circumstance where there's like, it's a hopeless battle and they're going to mm-hmm. have to retreat. Yeah. And the movies came out really close with, to one another. Uh, Cross so of what, Iron and are, this. Oh, no, Cross of Iron? And, and Coup de Grasse. Yeah. Hmm. Do you think that Peckinpah like saw this and then stole it? No. <laughs> they're so di- they're so different. <laughs> but like the aesthetic though? Well, uh, no, it's not that. It's just the, it's just the era. Uh, maybe yeah. There, there's something, I mean, at this point, you did have the uh, the West German, East German element. And I mean, Volker mm-hmm. Schlund, I mean, he would he actually is German. So uh, there's that kind of ideological thing that I, I don't know enough about to know what he was maybe thinking about mm-hmm. in that sense. Because that's always on the outside. This is very much an internal story uh, between the two at the end of the day. Yeah. But hey, I, uh, one thing off of uh, Wikipedia is so this yes. is this is based on a novel by uh, Marguerite Yorkenauer, uh, okay. f- same title from 1939, uh, and are seen from the point of view of the soldier Eric. So the story, the novel itself, is actually from Eric's perspective. However, the film conveys the story from the viewpoint of Sophie, uh, hmm. played by uh, Marguerite von Trotta, who co-wrote the screenplay. Mm-hmm. By directing the story from a female perspective, the film offers an alternate view, distorting the typical features of the war genre, such as a male perspective, and portrays the story through clashes of emotions and environments of the time that Sophie von Ravel faces. The film filmmakers felt that an audience in 1976 would more readily identify with the independence and resolve exhibited by Sophie than with Eric's repressed conservatism. So there's hmm. that. So that, that, that's the element of Eric's character's 
kind yeah. of like keep in mind is like, yeah, he's like very conservative, which also is why everything is like buttoned up and it has to be kept mm-hmm. completely secret. And even though it's like he has these relationships with more like multiple men under his uh, watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I kind of like that they switched it to her perspective yeah. because um, I think if you it's like I said, I don't think it's the biggest surprise ever, but uh, I didn't realize it until it's kind of spelled out for you and i was like oh okay uh and then i think it works better that way because it makes you buy into their like their chemistry more where it's like what's his deal is he playing like hard to get or like uh is he mean or something do you know what i mean like it seems like i i like it better from her perspective than his because then if it was his i think you'd get you get her frustration of his guardedness Yeah, and like I think her part of the story is more interesting, anyways, because he, yeah. like, I don't know, she's got more to do with the story. But they complement one another because you do mm-hmm. get because it kind of goes between both their perspectives. Yeah, to to a degree, because by the end of the movie, like kind of the the final act is when they're in retreat and you're seeing his men get picked off and you mm-hmm. see him charging the barn because at that point you've lost track of her character and now he's the uh, viewpoint. Mm-hmm. For the, for the for suspense, I guess, and when they actually take the barn and take them capture and do the interrogation and then the mm-hmm. uh, inevitable execution, <laughs> which uh, I think is like such a well done scene because it's Ooh, just yeah she's just like I want you to do it and he's like yep and he does and, <laughs> he's and, like, and sure and, thing oh and it's so like the the blocking of it like when she because mm-hmm. it's from a distance and you see him go up go up to her and she turns her head before you hear the bullet, which is exactly how mm-hmm. it would be from where you're standing, you would see her drop before you hear the gunshot. And then mm-hmm. they all load up, take a picture. Hey, and take their selfie, put it to Instagram, hop on the train and then the train. And then the camera's now on the train. And then we pass back to, uh, the train station. You see the, the dead bodies. And it's like, yep. Yeah. Like that scene, that whole build up to that thing too is, done really well like the way that he's um like when they first see each other and interact a little bit and then when it gets into it and then yeah that the whole little walk up with the shot and then (laughs) i i i found i i that seems striking for like the obvious reason but then i also found it really funny where right after he's like all right everyone get ready for the photo all right line up and it just it happens and you know life marches on jared i mean he's a he's a cold fish i mean when he sees Mm -hmm. uh her brother He's just like, oh, down by the pool. He's dead. Yep. And, but he knows sells it. Uh, whatever yep. whatever um, emotional uh, modes he's going through, he never plays it. Uh, except when he does blow his stack. When he mm-hmm. uh, when he we see him peeping Tom on her uh, banging one of the dudes out, oh, yeah. out at the shack. And he's like, what? <laughs> and then later on when she's uh, making out under the mistletoe, he just comes and just smacks her right across the face. And that's like the angriest you really ever get him, I think. Did you get a lot of like joy out of that scene? Well, I thought of you. Yeah. Because, you know, oh. I'm, I'm a big Christmas guy, Sp- right? Speaking of which, did, were you uh, on screen capture duty watching this? Did you uh, get any? Uh, I got like four or five. There's, I, the, there's, there's one in particular that uh, jumped out at me. It's, it's when the doctor is talking about what happened to Sophie, I believe. And I believe he uh, opens it up by referring to it as a, a classic rape. Oh, I, uh, I I did see that. Um, I figured if you wanted a screen 
shot of that, you could get your own. Mm-hmm. I was going for the more classy stuff, like, you know, when people are uh, farting and burping and uh, falling over and stuff, and, puking in the and, hallways. And, and, and dead dogs in the pantry. Yep. Yep. No, uh, I, I did get quite a few screen caps because the other thing, too, is I think this movie looks really good. Yeah. Uh, like, everything looks awesome. It, it did remind me of um, Cranes Are Flying a little bit. A little but, bit. Uh, little bit like that well, one's a little that, bit that more movie's polished ex- yeah, well that movie's extremely photographic yeah. though like I, mm-hmm. I don't really, i'm not sure what word you would call it but like it's uh very cinematic like it mm-hmm. looks incredible where this is like every shot is purposeful whereas mm-hmm. i think cringe are flying sometimes it's just like hey let's make this look incredible look how good this looks yeah yeah it's sh- it's showier which is fine mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I yeah I did get a, a few of the stuff that I I liked, but uh, no, I I left that classic rape to you. Yeah, did you get? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you ever did. You think of Phantom Thread at all watching this? Did you get like? Uh, um, I didn't before, but I I can not, see what why you'd make that. And it, it's just kind of the the relationship between the two of them. Like it's mm-hmm. very combative, but it's, it's totally different. Um, yeah, yeah. Her, I see like, what you mean actually. There, there's actually elements too of her. Uh, very similar to Lars von Trier female characters. Now that I'm kind of thinking about it, like Bjork, I, like Bjork. Yeah, uh, maybe not that specific movie, but her like kind of these doomed idealist women. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, but I don't think she's an idealist though. Like she seems like she's willing to die for. Her. Like she's like completely prepared to die. Whereas I think yeah. Lars von Trier women, they're kind of part of it is like there's a delusion to them. Mm-hmm. So there is that difference, I guess. Because even Maybe. like because yeah. once she because once the information comes out about uh, about Eric, she's kind of like, oh, well, fuck you, you're wasting my time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She uh, well, I mean, she was she was reacting. She you know, I bet she probably felt a little hurt by it, and uh, well, you know, a little people, put out, a little put out, and she's like, why? Maybe she was just like, why didn't you just tell me, man? But, we would have saved ourselves a lot of trouble. But yeah, uh, so this Marguerite von Trotta, uh playing Sophie, she's quite good. She was very good. She reminded me of uh, the the uh, character known as Paris in the Gilmore Girls. You ever seen the Gilmore Girls, Jared? <laughs> Still haven't. Oh, okay, I'll send you a, a pic. But uh, yeah, she she's she's very good. Yeah, I'm just uh, yeah she was, yeah she wrote this, uh, directs with Schlondorf and other movies, and yeah, acted in a few things. Yeah, no, she's very good. And then uh, is it Matthias Habich who plays uh, Eric? Matthias Habich? Yeah. Fuck, he's in a lot of shit. Yeah, that's him. Oh, look at that. He's in Downfall. What's Downfall? The Hitler movie in the bunker. Oh. Oh, is that good? That's a very. I, you should totally watch that movie. It's very. I mean, I don't know if it holds up now. And like that, mm-hmm. the, the meme of it uh, might have. Uh, Maybe diminish that movie. That movie's very good. Is um is that the one with Mike Myers? That would be Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> I don't know. Are those different movies? Maybe. Okay, I got a picture of uh Paris Geller from the Gilmore Girls. I'm gonna send it your way and just just tell me that she doesn't look like the lead character of uh Coup de Gras. Tell you that they don't look alike. Yeah. No, not at all. What? The haircut maybe, okay. but then they don't look at all like no. Real real fans out there, they'll they'll know. Hey they'll RJ, know. you want to hear yes. about people who hate this movie? Uh, does anyone? There's like again, this movie like I think less than 500 people have watched this. 
That's mm-hmm. like that's way down there. It's been a while since I paid yeah. attention to that, but usually we've been in that like thousand plus range, and this is down there. Mm-hmm. So we don't have a lot of bad. we don't have a lot of rich comments here. So, uh, but okay. two stars from Red Bill. Yeah, it looks like Red Bill. Two stars. Tough to appreciate without any historical context. Well, that doesn't hurt RJ. Uh, Plus, no. I kept getting the two male leads confused. Really? They don't really I mean, they're both blonde, have yeah, similar haircuts. They're pretty but they distinct. They're pretty distinct. One's quite a bit taller and more of a Max von Sydow type. Yeah. Both of which are my fault, but it's my rating. So suck it. Hmm. Problematic, this review. Uh... Like, I don't know. So, like, that's a it's a good point that he brought up. He doesn't understand the context, but, you know, I don't know that much about the Russian Civil War either, I mean, but it never it never I, bothered me. I thought I was watching a World War One movie the whole time. Yeah. So, so I don't I don't really see what the problem is. With I got that it. One. I mean, so yeah. do you know about Russia? I mean, I guess if you don't know anything yeah. about Russia, it'd be kind of confusing. But, I mean, they give you enough information. They don't spoon feed it. There's no, like, narrator yeah. telling you exactly what the story's about. It uh, leaves you to your own conclusions, and it's really well told. I think this thing could very easily be a fictional place with a fictional civil war. Which they kind and, of set it up as, like, yeah, right or whatever. It's like, they kind of said, yeah. they, they leave it as, like, kind of like, oh, yeah, it's a make-believe little pl- location. where, mm-hmm. But it captures, like, all these, like, things that were happening simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that changes things at all. So I, that's a little confusing. This dude only likes Criterion movies. He just five stars all the Criterions. Except this but, one. Except this one. And a half a star to Juliet of the Spirits. Oh, that's just... Seems disgusting. a little unfair. Disgusting. Yeah. Uh, Russman, two and a half stars. Don't okay. mess with Texas. Texas is an awesome name for a dog. This is true. Uh, yeah, that was a really good name for a dog, as uh, you pointed out earlier. I just noticed that that last person, they also gave half a star to Jubilee, which is earned. Yeah. Earned. But you know what doesn't earn a half a star? Norbit with Eddie Murphy. This is also from Red Bill? Uh, no, this is, I'm now into, uh, Russman. Russman. Okay. No, Norbit, Norbit's garbage, dude. He, he's done. Uh, Russman gave, it's Pat half a star. Do you remember It's Pat? I I, I do. I, I saw It's Pat many times. I don't think that's a half-star movie. No, it's but you, you it's might be excited bad. to know that Russman gave Fight Club five stars. Nice. And uh, I don't know, all the usual junk. <laughs> Toy Story em- 3, Empire's, Empire Strikes Back, Clockwork yeah. Orange. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all the usual. Uh, and then, yeah, I don't know. Nothing interesting here. Finally, William Kretschner. Okay. Kretschmer, two and a half Kretschmer? stars. Yeah. A bit too pedestrian. This is still <laughs> one of Schlondorf's better works, although I'm not a fan of his. <laughs> All of his movies, as far as I know, are literary adaptations. In this case, it was a Marguerite Yakovar's novel. That That's it. Is that correct, his information there? Yeah, that's what I said earlier, and he does literary adaptations. Well, I, I found... Gorkenauer. William Kretschmer. Again, like all the, these people just all like the same stuff. Like Raging Bull, five stars, Godfather, five stars. It's the same. These are all the same people. They're I think, all on Reddit. They all, they love Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. They're looking forward to Joker. Uh-huh. Like, and then most of these guys don't even have a whole lot of ratings, to be honest. Mm. So. Well, it's, it's, it, I mean, who's the audience for this movie? It's uh, unfortunate that a lot of people don't 
watch it because this is actually a good one. It's actually good. Ooh, I found a bad one from a uh, William Kretschmer. They gave Tentacles one and a half star. Now the soundtrack alone in that movie is a five star affair. Oh, your friend of the show Corey gave Tentacles two stars. Oh. Mm-hmm. Let's put Corey on blast for a while. <laughs> uh, maybe not, but uh, still, <laughs> Tentacles is okay. It's got that huge sombrero in it. <laughs> RG picks. Uh, yep. No. Yep. So those guys are boring. All the people who dislike this movie, but I'm with you. Who who is this movie? Like who who's gonna no one's seek gonna, this thing out? And that's that. It's like you know what. I can predict Bummer. that not a lot of people are going to listen to this review because no mm-hmm. one watches this movie uh, other than our d- dedicated listeners and mm-hmm. lovers of Criterion things that will scrape the bottom of the barrel, so to speak. Mm-hmm. They'll like somehow watch Jubilee before they'd watch this, which uh. is just sad. But yeah, no, this is like a very solid drama. But yeah. it is kind of at the end of the day, kind of just a drama. And there's like no like there's no big like oh shit guys you got to watch it that final mm-hmm. scene's pretty good but you have to watch the entire mm-hmm. movie for that to pay off um, it's just like it's almost like it's just so it's just so solidly competent but mm-hmm. there's no like it's not like that A plus it's kind of like this is an A A minus yeah I think um I think I liked it more than you did to be honest I I still I think that first half oh, hour is I, I don't know awesome yeah no like I th- but, I I really liked it like I. Yeah, uh, this is like a really uh, pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, but so how how would you compare this to uh, Lost Honor or Katharina Bloom? Not as good, right? No, not as good. But that one also like even more than this. Katharina Bloom came out of fucking nowhere, mm-hmm. and I was just like, whoa. Um, but I I I think Coup de Gras is very good. Yes, it's very good, Jarrett. Very good. Where do you, what do you think is better, uh, coup de gras or wild strawberries? Coup de tot. Coup de tot. Mm. Coup hey, de tot. I, I always think of goddamn Kevin Costner and JFK saying <laughs> coup de tot. And so when I hear every coup de gras, it is coup de gras. Do you use the C? You, you say, Were you a French immersion kid? No, I, I use, no. I'm a YouTube kid who, who looks up pronunciation uh, sometimes, sometimes. I see one of those, eh? Yeah. Eh. Okay. But, yeah. yeah. This movie is good and it's, uh, uh this is better than, this is, this is definitely it. better than Wall Strawberries. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But yeah, it's too bad. Uh, people probably won't watch it. Yep. It's a bummer. Bummer. Uh, hey, I'm looking forward to more, uh, Schlondorf. We got uh, what one or two more coming up. Uh, we definitely have the Tin Drum, which apparently mm-hmm. is his best movie. And Allegedly. I think there's one other for sure. And then I don't know mm. after that. Well, we'll get there when we get we'll there. We'll get there I guess. when we get there, pal. Friendo. Friendo. After the break, mm-hmm. we're going to mourn a dead dog. I'm always mourning dead animals, Jared. Mm-hmm. You have a weird thing going on in the backyard. Uh, that's my business. With your animal news.
RJ, do you have a favorite war? I mean, I think Granada is pretty good. <laughs> uh, good old Granada. I, I think if you asked John Turturro, he would agree, but uh, I, I, that's my pick. What about you? Um, I always like the referencing the Spanish-American War. Because mm-hmm. it, it, it's like, if you want to talk about bullshit wars, boy, oh boy, that one's got to top the list. What about the war that happens every Wednesday night over Skype? Or the war that settled the score? Which one was that? War games? Oh, shit. With a, con- with a convicted felon? Matthew Broderick? <laughs> Ready to rumble? War games? What? What are we talking about? I don't even know anymore. Good. Good. You can email us at criteriancruise at gmail.com and tell us about your favorite mass atrocities and wars and whatnot. That's what oh, we're all good. about here. Mm-hmm. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnwood. Mm-hmm. We've got a Patreon. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been a while, folks. It's, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's looking a little, a little low, a little depressing. Mm-hmm. It gets harder and harder to get out of bed to do this. True. I mean, right now I could be wallowing my sadness, but here I am with facing another kind of sadness. We got YouTube, though. Ooh, me? We got YouTube. We're on yeah. SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh-huh. iTunes, Google Play, all that shit. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, next week, RJ. Yes. Spine 193. Are we watching a movie next week? We'll watch a movie next week. Okay. And then yeah, we'll talk about that. So yeah, next week we're gonna do the, we're gonna do the movie just like mm-hmm. like normal on a Wednesday. Yeah. And then the week after that we're gonna skip the creep because we're gonna do hell cool yeah. School. That's hell what, yeah, baby. That is what we're gonna do. But uh, okay. and then we're gonna do that for the rest of October. We're gonna rotate. Okay, folks. You don't get a Good. choice. I mean, no one gets a choice. This is a free podcast. Is, it's our podcast. That we do for free. Yes, son of a bitch. Uh-huh. Spine 193 from 1947. Yes. Directed uh-huh. by Henry Georges Clouseau. Quai de Great. Good job, buddy. Coup de Ofrop? Ofrever? Ofrever. Okay, wait. Hey, what is it? Clouseau's a good dude. Is he? What, have, what have, have we watched some of his stuff so far? Wages of Fear. Ooh, yeah, that's good. Diabolical. What about okay. Beak? That's okay. Yeah, Wages well, of Fear is well, good though. Hey, this is another one of those movies I don't think a lot of people have seen though either. Hmm. So it'll probably be really good, or uh, will it be Jubilee? Uh, well, no, no, no. Nothing is Jubilee. Nothing. I I dread the the, the next Jubilee. Maybe it'll be Schizopolis in a couple weeks, a couple months. <laughs> Michael. Uh, well, that's uh, it. That's it, folks. Yeah, thanks yeah. thanks for those quick emails. Mm-hmm. We'll see you next week. Bye. We'll see, we'll see you later if you're still here.